2: Whatever you've got on this weekend, don't miss a moment in the world of sport. Wherever you are around the country, we've got you covered. This is SENZ.
3: Always look on the bright side of life.
0: Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Ain't always look on the
4: bright side of life.
5: Come on. Always
4: look on the bright side of life.
6: Exactly right, Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life. Dean Butler here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon on SENZ. Uh, ben Francis is on the buttons. How you doing, New Zealand? 0800 is the number to call. If you want to get anything off your chest, you just want to uh, chew the fat, you can, of course, text double eight double three as well, especially uh, as we have our theme going for the day already. As you know, Ben, you love your themes. You've started, that's a part of you've introduced it. You've you've started this trend, would you say, Ben? Is it?
4: I would go. I would say a trend because we had our producers meeting. Yes, with, with everyone in Australia as well. And one of the Aussie Ooh. producers was like, "I might have to take that idea."
1: Oh, and, and
4: Ben. And I was reading copies of people's rundowns that they send through, and I saw someone else on the station took it. So I wasn't very happy <laughs> about that.
6: <laughs> you, you don't mind if the Aussies take because they're over there. You can't hear them. But if it's this is your over here. This is your this is your thing.
4: Yeah, so I'll see I'll see what happens tomorrow. Otherwise, there might be a couple of emails. Sent. I think so.
6: I think. So. Oh, if you need backing, I'll back you, Benny. Fantastic. I'll back you. But,
4: but I, I always try to look on the bright side of life.
6: You do indeed. You look. You are a half glass full guy. You are. You're. You're a bit of an optimist. Would you, I, I think you are. Yeah. I, th- I think you are. Um, but that doesn't help us with our theme. Um, the last thing we did when I was on with you the other day, Benny, was one hit wonders, which was awesome. Uh, we eventually managed to work that one out. We've done animals um, and other things as well. Always look on the bright side of life. Are we, Benny, is it as simple as positive uplifting songs as the theme? That would be a very good one, actually. But mm. no, not today, unfortunately. Not today. Okay, so it's not positive uplifting. Is it, um, can I have to, another guess? Yeah, sure. Is it like comedy songs? Like, is that's Monty Python, obviously.
4: Uh, that's actually, actually, I want to jot that idea down. That's a great idea.
6: Okay, we'll write, yeah, write that one down, Benny. But, so it's not comedy songs? No. Okay, so I've had two guesses, and they're both wrong.
4: Yeah, Okay. You strike
6: two. Okay. Um, that, that was Eric Idle singing. So is it songs sung by people with the name Eric? <laughs> Damn it, three in a row. Okay. Okay, New Zealand, double eight, double three. we need your help. I need your help especially. Uh, ben knows what the theme is. He loves doing this, don't you, Benny? You, you love seeing me squirm and wriggle and... Not really, no.
4: I thought you would have got it. I honestly thought you would have got it. I haven't. I thought
6: comedy songs. That's what I thought initially. I thought, ah, that's what I thought. If I I I was doing comedy, it would just be Weird Al. Of course. Your (laughs) favourite. Yes, of course. Okay, so always look on the bright side of life. If you know what the theme is for today, folks, uh, have a guess, double eight double three. Text us in your guess, double eight double three. And once we work out what the theme is, uh, then we can start playing some of those songs that you suggest that you've uh, that you've sent in. Um on a more uh, sporting note uh, Benny today of course we've got a couple of guests coming up we're going to talk to uh, David Choate uh, about 12:30 today talking all things uh football because once again Benny it's been a crazy it's been a crazy old week on the on the football front on the on the A-League front on the on the EPL front. Are you, Benny, are you a Liverpool fan perchance? chance? Or who, no, you're a Bradford fan, aren't you? Yeah, no, I definitely don't
4: support Liverpool.
6: Man, I'm a Chelsea fan and I'm feeling bad. But boy, if you're a Liverpool fan, you must be feeling pretty bad right now.
4: Oh, yeah, you'd have to be considering yeah. some of the drama Brighton went through during the week yeah. with one of their star players walking out. Mm. Uh, we have a bit of audio from their manager which we'll play later, and he addresses oh, he addresses the issue, which is which is great. But the one thing which has been really impressive for me, mm-hmm. it's it's seen teams like Brighton, it's teams like Fulham, Brentford doing really well. Some of these smaller
6: teams. Good point. Good uh, point.
4: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight Fulham a bit more because Fulham have been a team that have gone up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down.
6: A yo-yo side, indeed. A yo-yo side,
4: but something we have started to see with teams that go down they try to keep the same core of players together yeah I know it's very hard you look at a team like Burnley for example who went down last season mm. uh, Nick Pope their starting goalkeeper went there two starting defenders
6: Chris Wood got sold as well Chris
4: Wood got sold p- before them going down and they signed the, the Dutch striker who now has been picked up by Manchester United Oh that who v- yeah. yeah so he, he went to uh, Burnley to end the season there. So they had lots of players go out, but they've ad- they managed to keep a decent core of that squad still together.
6: Yeah.
4: And they've got Vincent Company as a manager and he's like okay, okay we're going gonna- to See their manager now. Vincent Company as well. Wow. So he's like okay we're going to have this core which we're going to build around. And that, To me that's something that Fulham have done as well. Yep. So it's really good to kind of see them kind of try and keep that core together uh you know highlighted by you know Mitrovic the oh. the, the striker. And now they're kind of starting to reap those rewards. And it's a bit like Brentford. Brentford kind of kept, a, as they kind of went up through the ranks, they've kind of kept a core few guys together who have been there for the whole journey. It was the same with Brighton as well. Yeah, Brighton had right. some guys that were down the bottom with them and wow. now they're Premier League footballers. So uh, yeah, that, that's a couple of great things to see like that. But I guess the issue is when can they keep it up for the whole season? Because sometimes we see, we've seen in the past a team like Leicester City, yes fall away at the back end of the season yeah, or we've seen a team like West Ham I think they, they were kind of struggling a bit and then I can't remember if it was last season or the year before but they really they finished higher I think it was
6: yeah the season before they had a great season yeah
4: and they, I think it was like just outside of Europe and they might have been in like the third tier cup no was, one cares about it it was indeed but then now they're struggling again so it's <laughs> it's it's a tricky one so you just hope they can keep it up but it is great to see some of
6: these teams doing well you are right that is yeah because normally there is a natu- there's a natural order most people think it's a top 4 uh, really in the last few years it's become a top 6 but now you've got teams like you say Brentford who are playing re- Brighton I saw that game, uh, you know, I watched the highlights this morning. They're playing some really good football and they they deserve to win. Yeah, they they outplayed Liverpool, man. That was well done to Brighton. So uh, that was an awesome response.
4: If you had said at the start of the season, Dean, Mm. if you had said that Arsenal would be top of the table. And this uh, is halfway through the season. I wouldn't have said that. You, had, you would have said that Fulham, Brighton, and Brentford are above Liverpool and Chelsea. You would have probably absolutely just laughed. Absolutely. I would have laughed. You would have probably said, "You know, <laughs> mate, you, you
6: probably yeah. need to ease up on the drink there." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Have you found some mushrooms in your backyard? Then no, that's not going to happen, Benny. Uh, but it is happening. Uh, it has happened, and it's deserved uh, by those sides. So, yeah, it's 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 all go. And Manchester, I don't. Did you see the? Oh, you might have been uh, out or you I think you had an early start this morning, Benny Man United the City game. Did you see the highlights of that one?
4: No, I I was
6: awake I was awake
4: when I when I went to bed, but yeah. I had to get up incredibly early this morning. So very little sleep.
6: But Yeah, I was the same. I look I actually had to go out last night to um to, to do something. So and I was listening to the commentary uh here on S C N Z actually, so I heard some of the, the last minute stuff and then when I saw the um highlights this morning but there there was one major talking point, Benny, and it is the very first goal that United scored. Um, look, no surprises that uh, you know United get a decision, go their way at Old Trafford. We all know that's the unwritten rule. Um, but it, it comes down to interpretation of this offside law and was that player impacting or interfering with the person who scores who wasn't offside. Uh, in this case, Fernandez scored. He wasn't offside. But Rashford, who the ball was played to, was definitely in an offside position. Was quite clearly interfering with play, and to anyone who's played football, you'd go straight away. That's offside. That's no goal. They send it upstairs to VAR or whoever, and they come back, and it's a goal. And so, you know, Guardiola was pretty much, even though he's a calm guy, boiling. You could see it under him. You know, that's the that's the main talking point. But I don't think you can blame. Well, you can blame the the, the VAR and that, but really it's the rule. Because as soon as you have a rule which is open to interpretation, then you're giving yourself a lot of grey area and people can make decisions that you do not agree with. And this was one where it's like, how did that happen?
4: But I guess that's why there's been discussion around trying to get former players to become referees. Yes. So because they might have a better understanding and a better interpretation of the law, having been out there and probably have a better understanding of it. Yeah. But in saying that, we have a sport like rugby league, for example, and rugby, and there have been former players that have become referees in those roles. That's true. And That's true. they are often the most scrutinised out of all of them.
6: Yeah, that that is that is a very good point. That is a very good point. But have. Why not just have like the footballers for for soccer? Have them in the VAR, have them in the video. You know they don't have to. be They can just judge on those really crucial decisions where they've got a former player's perspective. And do they do that with league and the bunker? Is it do they have the?
4: Yeah, well, that's that's the issue. There are former players in the bunker too. Oh, and, geez. There's, there's and they're still refer- getting it wrong. They still get it wrong. Yeah, it's a frustrating one. But I get my issue with technology. Is that slow motion? You should, you should. To me, you can slow things down to get a perspective on it. Very true. But you shouldn't make the whole judgment on a slow motion image because you look at. I know. I know this is a bad example, but me being tall, I absolutely hate it mm. when tall people get sent off or whatever for someone that falls and they're falling into the arm.
6: Oh, yeah, that, that does happen a bit, actually, doesn't it? And,
4: and, and yeah. rugby, and I, that absolutely drives me insane. I get you can't make contact with the head, but you're gonna, we're literally going to get to the stage where people are going to start running law because they know if any contact it's with the head... Going to draw a foul. It'd be a card, and that's kind of where, for me, you kind of need to have that common sense. Yeah. Uh, but the slow motion replays always make everything look 100 times worse than it actually is.
6: They sure do. They, so, they sure do. So
4: I kind of feel like you can get – so for a thing like offside, you can slow it down, mm. have a look, see where the players are positioned. Yeah. But then watch the full, uh, and full tape because it could literally be one frame too far forward. It could be one frame too far back, which mm. could ultimately be that decision whether you say someone's offside or not. But, I, I it gets look, every time you bring technology into the, the game to – Try improve it. It's always going to have its challenges because people. I especially think in rugby league they rely on it too much. In rugby league, yeah, they do. And I and I and I get kind of a little bit annoyed when you watch a game of football. And you know they are celebrating the goal, and then five minutes later, it's like, oh no, we're still, we've, got, we've got to check the VAR. We have to see if it's actually yeah. a goal. So you've done, you've done all that celebration. You've kind of let out all that adrenaline and all that energy thing, and yeah, I've put my team in front. I've brought our team back. On, That's
6: the bad part. Put, yeah.
4: Put the game on, on doubt. So there's got to there's got to be ways to improve it, but it's kind of a bit of a monopoly as well these days as well with the with the broadcasters and how much money and power they've got in the game. So.
6: Yeah, very true. What about like um, the NFL in America? They've had kind of VAR for forever, and they they very rarely, from from the very little NFL I watch, they seem to get most decisions right.
4: Yeah, but the game takes three hours, and you get about five minutes of actual action. So
6: <laughs> there's a trade off, is what you're saying, Benny?
4: Uh, potentially, yeah. But I guess. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of American football myself, but I guess the way it's played, I think it, it's probably a bit more suited because, because I guess
6: because it's got that stop-start nature about it anyway, type of thing.
4: I guess so, but yeah, I, it's, it's a tricky one because the other sports are a lot more fast-paced that we're talking about. Yes, indeed, and they're usually focusing on incidences where there's a lot going on in the picture. Whilst if you're throwing like a thing like NFL and let's say for argument's say the quarterback has hit late you've only got that one aspect to focus on mm. so it's a lot more narrowed down so it's a bit probably a bit easier to come up with the correct decision whilst if you watch you know we we watch things like rugby league and they'll put up a kick and they the the video referee's going go, yep they're all onside or no this guy is offside yeah but he's outside the ten so he, like, there's so many different elements and aspects and they, and then they look for the most minute fingernail touch See if the ball was knocked on.
6: Yeah, they do. There is a lot of that, isn't there? Well, if you've got any thoughts on that, folks, please let us know. 0800 150 811. If you're a United fan and you saw that game this morning, what did you make of it? Uh, 0800 150 811. And you can, of course, text 8833. We are looking for the theme of the day. As you know, Ben always has a theme of songs that we use uh, for every show. It's a great idea. Um, Today he kicked off with Always look on the bright side of life from Monty Python from um, Life of Brian great great movie um, and Anthony's chimed in he's gone hi guys love songs cheers Ben is it love songs is that a love song that's a that's also a good question I don't know if I put it in the love song category Anthony but hey if you can it's once again that's up to interpretation isn't it is not it? is Life of Brian about love um ah It's a good question, Benny. (laughs) I I don't think it's a love story per se, no. It's a good movie, It's a great movie. It's hilarious. Um, Another texter here has said bright sunshine as a thing. No, sorry, guys. Incorrect. Bright sunshine. Okay. Uh, Craig has texted in. Um, He's gone songs from movies or songs with life in the title. One of those is correct. Ooh. Okay. Well, is it? Is it? But but, but what we're going to do, Dean, is we're going to take a break. Oh, damn it. The tease. And then all will be revealed after. Okay. I like what you did there, Ben. After the break, you'll find out, folks. 20 past 12 here on SENZ. Dean Butler filling in today up until 3 o'clock. Ben Francis is on the buttons. And when we last left you folks, we were trying to work out what this theme was for today. The first song Ben played was Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python. We asked for your guesses. People came in with a few love songs, Bright Sunshine, and then Craig came in with the answer. He suggested songs from movies or songs with life in the title. Benny, Benny, I don't know if this is helping because this is a song from a movie, Dirty Dancing, but it's called The Time of My Life. It's got, Craig's got both, both answers are right, but only one is correct. Yeah, that's why I played it. (sighs) Chase you like messing with our heads, don't you, Benny? Yeah, well, that was you... not, so. So now it's up to you, okay, to guess. Well, I'm. I'm just going to go in order, songs from movies. That's correct. Yes, yes, Benny. Songs from movies. Okay, songs from movies. There you go, folks. Songs from okay, movies. Uh wow. Okay, so if you've got a song from a movie that you like to hear, uh 0800-150, oh, That's the phone number. Eight eleven. You can call if you want. Sorry, or you can text double eight double three. Text double eight double three. Benny, speaking of, of, I mean, I've got a few movie ones already percolating in my head, Benny. Um, actually, we actually saw Avatar yesterday, Benny. The Way of Water. Have you seen it yet?
4: Yeah, we went on Thursday. Oh, okay, okay. And we, we watched it in
6: with uh, 3D. Did that, you do
4: the 3D? Which was really weird, because you have to sit with the glasses on the entirety of the I movie. I know
6: that's a long time to be sitting with the gut. I, I didn't actually
4: didn't even know how long it was, and I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> Benny, man, this is a, this has been quite Benny, a while. You
7: can't
6: go in cold to that one. Well, no, it's I, three hours. No, I,
4: I'm not kidding you. It was literally it was literally like last minute planned. So ah, okay. my partner said. I've got an idea. I was like, okay, what is it? And mm. she said, "Do you want to go see Avatar?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that would be fun." Mm. She's like, "Okay, it's in 20 minutes, and we live 15 <laughs> minutes away from the cinema."
1: This is terrible
6: planning.
4: So, it was literally uh oh. I, I, I'm trying to how do I say this? It was essentially breaking the law down the motorway, okay. going at excessive speed to get there in time.
6: This is this is terrible.
4: Uh not not too bad, don't worry. Not enough for me to lose my license. Okay, that's fair enough. But uh, a very very fast speed down the motorway and Managed to make it, which was great, but yeah, that was really good. Although, uh, although I didn't, I'll admit, because I haven't seen the first one probably since it came out.
6: Well, no one has, it's, yeah, exactly. So,
4: I was very, so at first, I was like trying to, it took me a while to kind of get the storyline because it, it had been so long. And I was saying, okay, what what's happened? Who's who?
6: Who's who? Yeah, yeah. We were the same, but Benny, with that kind of late planning, did you, did you like book the tickets online as you were exceeding the speed limit in the vehicle, or did you just rock up and say, Two for Avatar. Uh no, she, my partner
4: dealt with it all.
6: So okay, so she got the booking online somehow, got it all sorted before you got there. That's correct. Okay, and you were your seats okay with this last minute booking?
4: Yeah, it was fantastic.
6: Okay, because you, you don't want to be up the front with your three D glasses. Do you?
4: Oh no, it was it was one of the it was one of the cinemas where you've kind of got the I haven't I literally have not been to the cinemas in a very long time. So I I remember when Toy Story 3 came out.
6: (laughs) You haven't been to the movies for a long time, Benny. Yes, And and,
4: and I remember crying in a cinema full of five-year-olds, so I got embarrassed. And then (laughs) I know she's not listening so I can say this. And then when I was uh, living up north, I took, I took uh, this girl yep. out. you then the, girlfriend, to, yeah. No, she wasn't a girlfriend. I took, mm-hmm. I took someone, a girl to the movies. A, a girl you liked. To and and in a small town, mm-hmm. you know, everyone knows each other. And the, and the guy behind the counter serving me knew man. and he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll give you a cheaper discount because I know you're poor. What the hell, Benny? Well, we're 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 doing like you know yeah. we're doing like internships. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah, you're, you're on a you're are on a, on a smaller Absolutely. Age, but you're just like, geez, thanks.
6: Oh yeah, nice. And that was he said that in front of the girl as well. Oh yeah. Oh the bloody oh geez. And how did it pan out with that particular girl? Did it go places, Benny, or no? Just kind of a.
4: Well, I was more doing it because yeah. I, I was just trying to be polite. It wasn't like a oh. a, a date, but. Hey, uh, I, I, I guess mm. when you take someone to the movies, it kind of is.
6: Kind of looks like it. Yeah. Was this Toy Story three? Yeah. No, no, this
4: was. Oh. Uh, I think it was. There's the Divergent movie series. Oh yes. And I don't know which one it was. No it, was one se- does. it was the second one, and yeah. I, and I knew it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever because mm. I had not seen the first one.
6: Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Yeah. Well, we went to Avatar, and the, the, there was a kind. There was a kind of a song in it, but not real Not really. I mean, there's no real great theme song that you'd think, oh, that's that's the Avatar uh, movie. And Ben, do you take your own popcorn and stuff or do you, do you buy it there?
4: No, so... What's your, what's
6: your moves? So,
4: Well, that's because I haven't been in so long, but because mm. my partner organised it, and I think because it was like a last-minute deal and she has a event cinema card. Okay. Uh, there was like, she got like this real nice package where you get like a, uh, a meal, Ooh. a drink, and a dessert Ooh. with it as well, so it was quite fancy, but it wasn't... That expensive when you actually kind of work out and you think, okay, well, what the food was and probably what it would have been if you went somewhere. That's pretty good, Benny. So, yeah, well, no, it was really nice and very unexpected last minute, mm. but
6: yeah, yeah, we take around popcorn, water, some lollies. I even took some leftover pizza because I knew it was three hours long. Booked the seats early. Actually, didn't book the seats. Went to the movie cinema a few days beforehand and got the seats because I don't like doing the online stuff and I wasn't sure when I was doing it online where the screen was and where the back seats were so I had to be very careful um, so yeah that's what I did so yeah folks we're looking for uh, <laughs> that takes us back to themes Mo- songs from movies uh, songs from movies double eight double three uh, Benny I suppose um, from our perspective. I mean, Top Gun obviously rings a few bells. There's there's a few Top Gun songs. I'm sure they'll come in um, for songs from movies. And even the new Top Gun, Maverick, that had a Lady Gaga song uh, in it. That was another one. So keep those coming in, folks. Double eight, double three. Got a text here as well. Hey, Benny. Hey, Dino. uh, Great interview you did with Jazz Tavanga earlier in the week. Uh, He was awesome, man. Uh, Any idea who the young prop who's out for the season, is that he referred to. Look, I actually don't know. Benny, do you have any inside oil? I never, Benny, you're a, you're a Warriors man, you're a leaguey?
4: Uh, I don't, but I actually have seen a couple of people you know, throw a couple of names out yeah. online, but okay. how true it is, I don't know. You, know. you can't really trust what you see online. No, you can't. Uh, and the other thing as well is I've had to do this a lot uh recently on on social media you get people you know they they like posting rumors and they're saying oh is apparently coming to the warriors or someone's supposed to be coming here mm. uh and then they're like oh no the player said they're not and you then you have to remind them and you say how often does that happen with a team or a player especially in the nrl says oh no no no, no i'm, I'm saying put i love, love it here yeah and then two weeks later guess where they're going To That club. Exactly. So I've had to kindly remind them that, look, you can't, when a player says that, it does not mean it's true. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you can also never trust NRL contracts. So, uh, like, one rumor that has been thrown out recently, which I guess could make sense, is the Warriors have been targeted with uh, a prop, Brandon Hamian Ueli from the Sharks. Oh, he's good. And Apparently, you know, the Sharks a quashed it and apparently is recently not long signed a contract, I think till the end of twenty twenty five, I think is off the top of my head. Right. But then as I say, you can't with the way the NRL is done, you cannot trust these contracts. You cannot <laughs> trust what the if the player says I'm staying put, you know, look at look at Reese Walsh. Oh no, no, definitely not going anywhere. Two weeks later he's, he's out the door and skipping through, you know, daisy fields and it is
6: hilarious, it, It's hilarious.
4: Usually when there's it's a It's laughable. Because the way I see it is that when there's a rumor about a player, mm. it's either the agent has leaked the the story to the media most times to, to try push either a move for his player to actually leave, yep. or to try get his player more money. So yeah. that's usually how it works. Yeah. So if you hear, if rumors are are circulating, it's because most more often than not an agent has dropped the pill somewhere deliberately to mm. try to get some discussion going to see what he can actually get for his player. Because yeah. if a nice better deal comes up, he or the agent will then go to the club and say, Oh, my player is on, let's say, five hundred K, he's been offered six hundred K, you know, can you improve your offer? And they'll say, no, and then you say, Okay, well my guy, you know, he's not gonna want to play. And Yeah And that's just how it works.
6: It, it is and look, to be fair, um with the interview with Jazz Tavanga he was so. That was a great get, Benny. By the way, just he was so open and honest. He even talked about all that contract negotiation, salary stuff. It, it was really good, and like Benny said, a real eye opener. Keep your guesses coming, or not your guesses. Keep your favorite songs from movies coming in. Double eight, double three, and we will play them after the break. Though we will be talking football with David Choate. Old-time rock and roll, 34 minutes past 12 here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here until 3 o'clock. Big Ben Francis on the buttons. Old-time rock and roll from the movie Risky Business, where big old Tommy Cruise does that slide. That's the one. So we're looking for uh, the theme today is songs from movies. Give us a text, folks, Double eight, double three Songs from movies, Double eight, double three. Ben will go into the database, the system, the matrix, Find those songs and uh, play them for you. So, yeah, let us know. Double eight, double three songs from movies. Anyone that's uh, got your wheels spinning. Uh, but, of course, on a sporting note, there's been a lot happening in the world of football, as there always is. And as we always do, we talk to our main man for football. It is David Choate. Chody. good afternoon to you, mate.
2: Dino, good afternoon. Yeah, plenty of football being played. A League, Premier League, lots to talk about.
6: Lots to talk, mate. Let's start with the big one overnight. Of course, the the Manchester Derby. United pull it out of the fire. Two one against City. City, as you know, Charlie were up for most of that game. Then two late goals from United sealed the victory.
2: Come from behind, weren't they? Mm. Um, big big win for uh, Man United. They've been in great nick really over the last sort of seven eight weeks, or since the. World Cup, Uh, they have returned and start thinking about uh, maybe even uh, winning the Premier League up to third, yeah, Uh, yeah. stunning comeback, Man City dropping points, which gives Arsenal the chance tomorrow to uh, jump further ahead, but uh, probably good for the league in terms of uh, keeping that title race well and truly open, what is it, Arsenal on 44, Man City 39. Man United 38, top three, all flying for uh, top spot halfway through the season, aren't we, or thereabouts? Exactly. As you said the
6: other day, we are now at that kind of that halfway mark. But, Trudy, like me, you know, we're Chelsea fans. We watch United, and we all know that at Old Trafford, United tend to get the majority of the decisions for whatever reason. (laughs) And, Cody, you know where I'm heading on this. Surely Rashford was interfering with play.
2: Well, he was definitely in an offside position, so that's the first part of the equation. Yeah. Um, I've, I've looked at it a number of times, and I just sort of think, with, which, with what eye do you keep open? If you're a Man City fan, he's definitely off and he's interfering. Yeah. Um, I've seen some pundits, Man United X players, Scolese and Co, are saying, well, he, he, he's not interfering with play. No. He's not playing at four the and on. therefore the goal stands. That's the way the referee saw it after having a think about it, because originally it was ruled off. Certainly, Man United got the decision, and it's a it's a home track call. You'd have to say, oh. um, a massive, massive call it was. Uh was it smart play or was it uh, offside play that'll be uh, the discussion that'll go well into the night at Manchester for sure
6: absolutely i'm not surprised united ex united players are back in the decision but uh, you know you could see the city center back that ajani he moved up deliberately to put rashford in an offside position which he achieved rashford then followed the ball looked like he was kind of dribbling but wasn't and then the keeper doesn't know who's going to shoot is it rashford is it Fernandez? i can i honestly couldn't believe it chadi i thought that uh, that was clear cut for me but it just shows you how, when it becomes to interpretation, how it can go either way.
2: Yeah, and that and that's dead right. Uh, VAR can look at it all day, but you're going to have a human making a decision is interfering. I think the key move is trying to play him offside. Surely that's the move from the defensive unit that uh, that should be looked at, but uh, mm. it wasn't. Well, it, it was overruled in the end. So uh, a win to Man United, a win that puts them. Firmly in the title race.
6: Yeah, no, that you you know, you say that when we would have laughed if you if we, anyone had said that at the start of the season, but it is absolutely true. They are on an absolute roll at the moment, no doubt about that. Um, other results overnight, Chody and one team who's who are going the other way. Brighton three, Liverpool nil. What is going on?
2: Yeah, Klopp said the worst he's seen and it probably was. Uh, he's uh in, I think, the worst position he's been in as a manager at this, of Liverpool at this stage of the season. I think they mm. are Liverpool having their worst run under Jurgen Klopp that they've ever had. Um, what are they sitting They're Sitting just above <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> in mid-table, ninth and tenth. They're a mid-table side <laughs> oh, no. uh, at the moment. Uh, Liverpool 3-0 against a Brighton side that uh, sit above them in the league. So, in theory, not an upset, but massive upset, really. Three goals to nil. Absolutely cleaned up by uh, Brighton. Yeah. And this is with their new signing, Gakpo, in, 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 installed as well. So <sighs> not good if you're a Liverpool fan.
6: No, but also, Trudy, when you watch that one, because I saw the highlights of that game, it looked to me like Brighton thoroughly outplayed Liverpool as well.
2: Yeah, nothing uh, nothing against the runner play in this one. They were the better side, hungrier, quicker to the ball, um, just a better team on the day. And actually, over the course of the season, they sit above them. So therefore, a better team over the season as it stands it's really interesting looking at the Premier League. You've got the likes of Fulham, Brighton and Brentford sitting in those top eight spots. Yeah. Tell me someone who would have picked that at the beginning of the season.
6: Nobody. And another man under pressure is our old mate Frank Lampard after Everton lost 2-1 to Southampton. What do you think his chances of staying are, Jody?
2: Yeah, he's uh, he'll do well to keep his job. I watched this game. I thought they were a bit stiff. They had chances, they were in the match, it was competitive but remember they're playing a side that at bottom with them, 15 points Southampton, Everton and West Ham now Ooh. are sitting in the bottom three positions so big names sitting at the bottom of the league and some of those lesser known lights further up the table so the Premier League this year is proving to be a, a real hard one to pick at both ends of the table.
6: Oh It's unbelievable and then another result, Nottingham Forest somehow beat Leicester City 2-0 which then pulled them out of the relegation zone.
2: Yeah, up to about 13th. It's so tight at the bottom. Jeez. That win took Nottingham Forest out of the relegation zone and uh, and clear and leaves Leicester sitting behind them. And as they said, sides like West Ham and Everton, I think Everton were always questionable coming into the season, but West Ham, you wouldn't have picked them to be down there. And they are in as much trouble as anyone else. Yeah, it is. like to say,
6: Chody, it is truly unbelievable what is happening uh, in the Premier League. We've got some big games tomorrow as well. From our perspective, Chody, Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Yeah. This is this is must-win for us now, isn't it?
2: It is. I was going to call it a mid-table clash. <laughs> How sad is that? I when know. We're, when we're playing a, a, a Chelsea side that sits tenth against a 12th-place oh, Crystal Palace side. Jeez. I mean, We hope with all of our hearts to our Chelsea fans that uh, there is a run of games where we get going. But, gee, Graham Potter can't buy a trick at the moment. I thought uh, on the last outing, um, we were uh, desperately sort of out of luck, out of sorts. Uh, The football we played wasn't too bad. Mm. Uh, Sending off to Gio Felix kills us It's three games out for the player that probably looked brightest on the park. He did. Um, Injuries are plenty. Crystal Palace will fancy the chances. They do have to go to the bridge, however, and surely we've got three points in us. I,
6: I'm, I'm praying with you, Chody. I'm praying with you. Um, the other end of the spectrum too, Newcastle United flying high and also taking on a Fulham side to a flying high.
2: Yeah. Um, big one for Newcastle. Massive, isn't it? Uh, if, they, if they win, they continue their top four um, journey in uh, this season's Premier League against a Fulham side again. Surprise, surprise. Sitting sixth wow. in the table. A Fulham side that, haven't got any stars, barring Mitrovic. He's mm. their sort of go-to guy. But even last week, they got that result without him. Yeah. So Mitrovic has watched on and seen them win. So they'll be buoyed by his return. Um, I sort of hope Newcastle get the points here and keep themselves up there. They're a, a massive club, a famous club with great fans. Yeah. it would be good to see them continue to sort of trouble the top four.
6: Yeah, I agree with that too. And then another one. This is possibly the second biggest derby game of the weekend. Spurs take on Arsenal uh, really spurs, if they want to kind of get close to that top four, they need to take this one.
2: Yeah, well, Arsenal must be licking their lips with the result with Manchester United. That keeps Man City away from them. Mm. Uh, Five-point buffer with a game in hand. They can go eight points um, if they win this one, which would be huge uh, at the halfway point or thereabouts, as we've talked about. So Arsenal with sort of everything in front of them. They'll be favoured, I fancy them. I think Spurs are sort of, despite the fact that they sit uh, fifth in the table, have been up and down. Yeah. And I feel like they're just not really on the up at the moment, whereas Arsenal seem to be uh, travelling pretty well, although have had hiccups also of late. So, an interesting one. It is. Real good watching tomorrow morning.
6: It sure is. And you look at that Spurs side, it seems to me that Conte's got them parking the bus for the first half, and then let's see if we can nick one in the second.
2: Yeah, they're not playing sort of the kind of football that you sort of enjoy watching, but uh, I'd say for Spurs fans, it is at Spurs, so they would have to be going for three points. Surely Conte has to play a more expensive game, although given uh, his, uh, his footballing philosophy, maybe not.
6: Maybe not. Hey, Jody, on a local note, last time we spoke, um, it was just before the Phoenix took on Sydney. They won that one, and last night they carried it on with a 1-0 win over the Roar. Talk us through the Phoenix at the moment. They're going through a hot spell.
2: Yeah, it's good. Um, and they've done the thing that they need to do, and that's just tighten up. at that two clean sheets in a row. Sort of the story of both ends of the park. Zawada got the goal last night mm. with uh, a striker's finish, um, a, a, a decent uh, cross from the left-hand side, and nod in at the far post. But probably the hero of the game was Oli Sayle with a couple yeah. of fantastic saves. One in the opening few minutes that not many talked about. Um, they could have been one down mm. very early on had it not been for a smart save by Oli Sail, and then one right at the death that keeps them in it. So it's sort of both end of the parks, so the Phoenix doing the job. They sit fourth on the table um, in good shape. They return home to Wellington and Palmerston, I think the next two home games. If they pick up points there, they can secure themselves Inside that top four.
6: Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, I know you, you and me both. We kind of had a go at Ollie Sal for his early season form, but of late, he is back to the old Ollie Saling. Before you, I let you go, Chody. If we can just wind it back to last week's game against uh, Sydney, have you seen a crazier last fifteen minutes than that? That was mental.
2: Yeah, it was. I don't know what to make of it. Again, the VAR came to play, oh. and then there were two penalties later on. Jeez. I thought that I actually think the sending both sending off was stuff. I know that people have said perhaps they. The Pennington sending off is justified because he's put his hands around the, nah. the neck or in the neck area of the opposition. It was hardly it was handbags for me, and yeah. it was hardly sort of assault. Um, yeah. It was hardly worthy of the red cards. So I thought both reds were stiff, but in terms of just watching and excitement and chaos, um, I haven't <laughs> seen a crazier finish to a match. And gutsy from the Phoenix just to stay in it oh, and get all three points.
6: I think I think Ufuk tele did well not to physically explode. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's fiery enough, even <laughs> last night, in a game that there weren't too many sort of flash points, yeah. The guy you're most worried about is yeah, He looks like he's about to explode every time a decision made. He, he does. He wears his heart on the sleeve during the 90 minutes. Jeez. And then after the game, he's quite a calm individual. So yeah. he, he just gets white-line fever a bit like players. But uh-huh. uh, it, 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 he, he gets his side up and really... And he's got them in good shape in the, a- in the A-League, so uh, it could be a season to watch for the Wellington Phoenix.
6: Yeah, it sure could be. Hey, Chody, as always, mate, thank you very much for your time on this Sunday. You enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Peter.
6: There you go. David Chote, with his thoughts uh, on the Premier League and the Wellington Phoenix as well. Yeah, boy, that was indeed a... They go the Phoenix, that's for sure. Uh, 0800-150-811 is the number to call. If you've got any thoughts on that or text 88833. Keep your... Thing, uh, keep your... Uh, songs coming into for songs from movies. If you've got any, let us know. Double eight, double three. We'll take a quick break back after that. Eight minutes to one o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here until 3 p.m. Producer Big Ben Francis. It's on the buttons. The theme is songs from movies. Of course, Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing from the movie Armageddon. Duh. Had me in tears. That movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, look, let's be honest, Ben. I'm a crier at movies yeah, too. So am I. Yeah. Hundred percent, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a crier. Yeah. And you try to kind of wipe. I oh, glasses. You kind of try to wipe it out with no one seeing, but everyone sees you. Doesn't matter, does it?
4: Oh, see, seeing uh yeah. seeing Bruce Willis. I know. You know, push Ben Affleck away, saying, "I'll stay." Yeah. Oh.
6: You can still see it
4: in your mind, can't you? Uh, it's uh, a, it's so, a great it's almost, scene. Almost gives me trauma.
6: <laughs> <laughs> You're right that is that's one of Bruce Willis's best movies. He's had quite a few. That is that is and it's probably one of Ben Affleck's best movies as well. well. What's
4: your favorite Die Hard film?
6: Uh I will Die Hard I look, you can't beat Die Hard 1. I loved great movie. Die Hard I'm struggling to remember Die Hard 2. That yeah, uh, was
4: the one at the airport, I think.
6: Which was the one with um um, Samuel L. Jackson. That was the
4: third one, which is my favourite.
6: Yeah, I didn't mind that one. That was that was quite si- good. Simon Says. Ah, yeah. I quite like that one. And then the other ones, nah. Pretty.
8: They yeah, just... The,
6: the, too you, many. You can only squeeze the lemon so much before it runs out of juice, and they they certainly did that with uh, <laughs> with Diane. But, hey, what an absolute classic. Oh, a couple more have come, come in, Benny, on the text line, double eight double three. Anthony says, Gangster's Paradise by Coolio, great song. And what, Benny, I know this one too. This is from the movie Dangerous Minds with the Michelle Pfeiffer. She was in it. So yeah, that was that one. And then Brendan, Brendan, I like what you're thinking here. Uh, it is Life as a Highway uh, from Lightning McQueen, the movie Cars. You seen that? You you've seen Cars, Benny? The animated.
4: Yeah, I have. I don't, I don't.
6: It's a great movie. Yeah,
4: I don't. I don't movie. know it as well as some of the other. Uh, Pixar films mm. But yeah I do like it
6: But that uh, Life is a Highway Tom Cochrane Is a fant- That's a banger that's an, just an awesome song. So, yeah, keep coming in, folks. Double eight, uh, double three. Also, um, if you've got anything you want to chat about or discuss, 800 We've had a lot of uh, football talk this morning. We might uh, get some of the highlights in the next hour. We've got some press conferences as well, and they are always very, very interesting. Benny, on another note, how did your fantasy football go so far? I'm, I'm assuming like every other person, we've all captained Haaland. I actually haven't looked. Oh, um, you did Captain Harlan though, didn't you? <clears throat> I should have done, yeah. I should have done. Uh, you would be one of the few if you didn't and you probably made a good call because you only got you two points, you got four points.
4: Uh, I've only got 21 so far, which is it's above the average, so I'll take it. But yeah, look, yeah. I think lots of people have got two players in the double game week, so I still haven't had half my team play. So.
6: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm I'm on 24 at the moment, so yeah, I'm the same. Uh, but yeah, Captain Harland, and a lot of people were, were thinking that I think a lot of, we'll triple captain him as well, which makes oh they really need him to uh, to score. Okay, have you still got Salah? You know, you you sold him. I haven't. I don't think I had Salah. Yeah, see, I I foolishly I was going to sell him. I don't have any Liverpool players in my team. That's fair enough. I sold Robertson. Good move. Brought in Perisic. for the the two games for Spurs, but with Salah, I thought, ah, Nunes is injured, they'll push Salah further up, he might grab a goal or two. This Liverpool side at the moment, they cannot buy a goal. Anyway, we're coming up to the top of the hour, we will be back after one, keep those songs coming in, double eight, double three, songs from movies, and Benny will find them in the Matrix, and we will play them for you. One minute past one here on S-E-N-Z. Dean Butler with you here until three o'clock today. Producer Big Ben Francis on the buttons. The theme for today's musical selections is songs from movies. I'll be honest, I had a few problems with this one that Ben's currently playing. I I didn't recognize the song, the artist, and or the movie. Uh, But Ben has informed me the song is called Going the Distance. It is by Michael Bolton. I've heard of Michael Bolton, but I can't say I've got any of his... His collection, and the movie is Hercules, but the animated version is that right, Benny? The original?
4: No, every most originals are the best. Okay, so this is the, like you, the animated Hercules film from like the nineties. Like,
6: is it really good?
4: Well, I, I I think I haven't seen it. Well, it's probably more suited to my demographic, yeah, of course. But it's kind of like it was from that from that era where. Uh, you know the original Lion King. Oh, like, oh, absolutely! Like, like that kind of stuff. Okay. So
6: I hear you. Lion, you're
4: right. I hear what you're saying. Like I kind of feel like with the movies today, like when they try remake them with actual people, or they try to do the animation, like the it,
6: Jungle Story and things like that.
4: They are never as good. Um, but in saying that, I feel like lots of the things that I liked when I was a kid, like lots of the shows growing up, that are still going, and yes. I watch them today. I literally, literally, we're talking about crying before, but it literally like brings a tear to my eye. That yes. Uh, that's, that they've been ruined. That's essentially, been ruined.
6: I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Benny. My daughter's the same with um, Mulan. She loves the original cartoon and uh, cartoon animated, but the new version with the live action, she she doesn't like it. Yeah.
4: Well, my my one example is I I was a mad when I was a kid Thomas Tank Engine
6: fan. Yeah, of course. Huge. I still I
4: still have all my trains and all that from when I was a kid.
6: I like that, Benny. <laughs> well done to you.
4: And I used to watch it, and I think it used to be narrated by Ringo Starr. It was, and they they had like it was almost like a model like model train set almost. Mm-hmm. And all the voices, everything was done by Ringo Starr. but now you watch today, it's all animated. They all their mouths move. They have all got different voices, and it, it kind of just upsets me a little bit seeing oh, that. Yeah. Even like even a show like Bananas and Pajamas, they have them. They actually had them in the suit, same with like Barney. And yeah. now it's yeah, it's they got like the different animation, and they
6: all do different things. They all sound different. I just don't like it. You've lost the magic. The magic's gone. Yeah, but in saying that, I am twenty six. So yeah, you probably shouldn't be watching those shows now. But hey, it's fine. Each their
4: own. Yeah. You know? No, it's well, it's not it's not like. It's kind of like you you scroll through something and you're like, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. Mm,
5: mm.
4: Um, like, what's another
6: example? Naughty.
4: Yes. Remember oh, I, I
6: I know I've heard of Naughty, but I didn't watch a lot of Naughty. Yeah. Enough. So
4: it's kind of like when you see shows like that that are still going, and you kind of like look to what it was like and what it's like now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just not. I just don't
6: think it's as good. It's a very. It's, it's a very good point you you bringing up there, Benny. So there you go, folks. Uh, maybe that's another thing as well. Movies you you yeah, that you loved as a kid, they get changed, altered then well, you come w- along.
4: I would be very upset if they remade Batman because I think for me Christian Bale Batman agreed is is the best. But I would be, I agree with I'd be that. very upset if they did like a whole new series like off that mm. and like Heath Ledger as Joker as the Joker. Like if they redid that in any way shape or form, it would not be good. But I guarantee you in probably about 20 years someone will yeah, you're right. Or they'll remake for like, like right. Spider Man. I like Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I don't like any other Spider Man. That's fair enough. Um, and I just, I'm saying, I don't watch these superhero movies now. But like that, those are just examples where I just, I can't watch it because I know I'm not going to like it as much.
6: Wow. I mean, that, that's absolutely fair enough. I'm the same with Star Trek. I like the original Star Trek series. I struggled with every spin off series, and then you know, I didn't even watch some of that. the the movies they made recently. Were awesome. The ones with Chris Pine, uh, is his name Chris Pine, Uh, were awesome. Uh, Those three movies were fantastic with Carlo Barn in them. The Kiwi, uh, they were awesome movies. But uh, yeah, so uh, let us know your songs, folks, that you've got. Uh, songs from movies. You um, can be anything you like. Ben uh, will try and find them, and we shall play them to you. If you've got anything you want to chat about or discuss, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the number uh, to call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, or you can of course text a double eight a double three. After two o'clock today, we will be talking uh, with Brett Phillips as well. He will be doing live commentary for S E N Z. Oh no! Yes, for yeah, for us uh, from Australia for the Aussie Open uh, because of that that kicks off uh, tomorrow. And also, uh, did you go to the um, ASB Classic, the men's final yesterday? Cam Norrie, um, who uh, <laughs> a text has just come in. And um, Ben, you have you have people agreeing with you. Thomas, the tank engine has been ruined. There you go, Benny. Has been ruined. That's exactly. We'll, it. we'll get
4: back to sport now. I've made my point. No, no, people no. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I hope people just aren't tuning in, going, "Is this actually SCNZ?" Look, it's
6: fine. It's <laughs> absolutely fine. Look, Benny, you you mentioned Thomas the Tank Engine. When I worked at Harrogate. We actually used the uh, popularity of Thomas the Tank Engine to do an adult version, Thomas the Tanked Engine, and basically all the trains were drunk high out of it, et cetera. It was very funny. Yeah, I thought you were going to say like juiced up. Oh, yeah. Well, they were Percy the paralytic Passenger Car, Robbie the the, the, the coal train, all, all sorts of things. Yeah, it was great fun, great fun, and that was based purely on the cartoon series Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, yeah. Another text here, just tuned in, boys. Uh, Apologise if it's been mentioned, but the transition from the intro theme to the afterburners firing up for the first uh, to the first chords of Dragons Dangers of Danger Zone. Benny, you remember that? Yeah. So, look. Benny's got, Benny's got plenty of things to do, but he's going to try and find some of this stuff so we can play it to you as well. Um, Benny, we did mention beforehand we had some uh, audio which we were going to play. We were actually meant to play that the first hour, but we didn't because we, we you were talking too much with David Choate. Um, uh, but we have got some of the... What should we start with, Benny? The... Whatever you want, mate. You're, uh, the, you're the one leading the ship. Okay, I am leading... You're right. I am Captain Kirk. So let's go with the first one, uh, uh, Ufuk Tele, uh, the press conference, and then the 90-second highlights
9: package. Yeah, look, uh, we knew uh, coming here, uh, Brisbane haven't conceded a lot of goals this season. Uh, defensively, they set up uh, uh, very well and they, they work as a unit. And, and we, we spoke about it before the game, about being patient and try to break them down. Uh, we knew, knew it was going to be a close game. Uh, and I think I said to him at half-time, one goal will win this game. Uh, so it was very good. Uh, Lucas got in a good position, good delivery. And, and Zawada was at the back post to, to finish it off. So I think this is a, a very important game, a very big game for us to, to walk away with three points
8: how
0: important this game is. It's back-to-back wins on the road now. You're back into the top four in the league. You've got a couple of home games to come. How important do you think this could be in terms of really launching for a home final?
9: Yeah, look, it's uh, still early days. Uh, We've got two home games coming up, and it's very important uh, we get good results uh, playing at home. I think uh, we've been playing some uh, some good football uh, without getting the results at times. Uh, But, like today, I think uh, the boys... Worked hard. It was a bit of a grind and they they, they grinded through it, uh, especially after we scored and we changed our formation uh, to defend a little bit more because obviously they were going to throw numbers playing at home to to equalise. And, uh, you know, we had a disruptive... Travel yesterday, uh, stage and screen uh, messed up our flights. So we had to go via Sydney uh, and wait four hours in Sydney and then fly to Brisbane and then we got in late. So when you convert that to New Zealand time, we were here midnight uh, and, and the players, uh, the preparation for me wasn't ideal. Uh, but overall, look, like I said, the boys worked very hard. They grinded out the result. Uh, we had some good moments with the ball and I don't think we gave anything. Ollie made a fantastic save towards the back end uh, and that's why he's there. And overall, like I said, I think this is a very important win for us.
4: In light of what happened last week at the end of the game, did you put more emphasis on the game management at the end of the game and were happy with the way the side saw the game out this week?
9: Yeah, look, uh, last week was a different story. I think uh, the way, the way you know, we had to manage the game last week was different to the way we managed it this week. We had 11 players in the park last week. We had nine players in the park. So, uh, look, the boys did well to defend well. At times, they, they kept the ball well. Uh, you know, they, they put their body on the line and, and, and got a few fouls in our, in, our, in our own half towards the back end, which is very important. And, look, you know, the boys learn. The boys will learn that uh, we get judged on results and sometimes you need to manage the game. Zawada has five goals in seven games. So, what sort of impacts he have? I mean, obviously, but um,
6: what sort of impacts he having on the team because he seems to be in the right place.
9: Yeah, we brought him in to score goals. Uh, he's our striker. Uh, you know, sometimes foreign players take a bit of time to adjust to their team and also to adjust to the competition. And I think he's starting to to realise uh, and understand the way that we play and where he needs to be, uh, especially when we're attacking. So, And he does a lot of work uh, for the team off the ball as well. So he's a very important player for us. And, and hopefully he continues in this fashion. Like I said, we brought him in to score goals and hopefully he can continue that.
4: What's he been like around the team? Like he seems, like you said, he seems to be really slotting in now um, to what you're trying to do. Um, how, how's he go around? Yeah, that?
9: very good. Uh, none of our boys uh, are bad boys. They're all good boys. Sometimes too nice, to be honest. Uh, but the, the players that we bring in, uh, before we look at if they're a good player or not, we look at if they're a good person. Uh, so we ask the right questions, uh, we speak to the player, we speak to people that he's worked with to find out more about their character and how they are in the change room. And then and then the important part it is, if they're a good player as well, then, then it's a plus for us. So for us, we don't have, like I said, any any bad players in that sense and everyone's there for the right reasons. Uh, at,
0: at the other end, um, obviously Oli Sale, obviously another Great, great effort here at um, Carrara Stadium. Obviously, how important, obviously, is it for your defence to have a reliable keeper like Ollie?
9: Yeah, very important. Uh, goalkeepers uh, are very important and they, they make those crucial saves and he made one today uh, for the team and And players in front of him feel comfortable. They know that uh, if players are having strikes from distance that they've got a keeper that can deal with those situations. So, you know, last week he, he was very important for us. He made a massive save uh, in that first penalty and, and players work on confidence too. So, you know, uh, that game would have made him grow and, and feel a lot more confident leading into this game.
0: And obviously just finally um, two home games. How important with this form now coming on the road to, to get a big crowd at um, at Sky Stadium next week?
9: Yeah, hopefully the fans come out uh, and support us. We're playing a team that's in good form as well next week. Uh, so, look, I think it's going to be a great game and a great occasion. And like I said, it's very important for us to, to pick up uh, points at home.
6: Uh, there you go, Ufuk Talai talking uh, at the press conference after the game last night, the 1-0 win against Brisbane. Interesting when you hear that because I didn't know about the travel arrangements or anything like that, so it just heightens the uh, how well that result is. It sounds like they had a, a long way to get there. So, uh, yeah, well done to uh, the Phoenix with their 1-0 um, victory. Interesting how he talked about uh, Oli Sal, who... As we mentioned earlier, struggled at the start of the season but now uh, is really back to his old form and Zabata is also getting some goals too, which also helps. In fact, I believe we do have the highlights of that game, Benny. Let's go.
3: Here's a long ball from Akbar and a chance here for the Raw. Mille with the shot. It was an absolute peach of a pass for Miley Uznich again. This time he takes a touch and the shot and a goal by the looks of bit an offside call here from the linesman. Would you believe it? Third and he'll cross this into the box. Header there, it was a great header from Aldred. It wasn't too far away and the crowd laws. And now Barbarous they're on the edge of the box here, the Phoenix. Barbarous lays it back. Rufa with the shot. Wasn't as far away as the crowd suggested. Long ball by the raw, feeds it inside. The shot from Hingit now the ricocheting ball they're calling for a hand the roar they want a penalty on the counter they almost very nearly scored the run from ball the header sorry Elliot it was and Elliot's head is just over the crossbar. not conceding and here's a chance here they're going to get a real opportunity here the Brisbane Roar it's going to be Miley with the shot. Just a bit too much on it over. To will be having too much time at the moment. There's a ball for Zawada. Just over his head. Holds with the left foot karate kick. I'll look for Zawada in the middle. Potentially he will do. Zawada! Zawada scores for the Wellington Phoenix. His second goal in two games. The big pole forward. Now looked to cross this in. Plenty of targets for the raw. Lofthouse is there. The flick on head and across the face of goal. Here's Knowles <laughs> with a turnaround shot. Shot, so
6: with a one-handed save. There you go, S-E-N-Z uh, commentary of that game last night. 1-0. Uh, the Phoenix uh, beat the Brisbane Roar. Pushes them up to fourth in the table. So, yes, and a couple of home games coming up as well. So, could be, uh, let's not give it the kiss of death, but, yeah, they put themselves in a, a good position. Um, a couple of, uh, our theme today is also, Songs from movies. I better read through this one as well. Craig's come with a couple of big ones, uh, Ben. This is this is fantastic. Uh, the Ride of the Valkyries from Apocalypse Now. Now you must have seen Apocalypse Now, Ben. You haven't seen it. Okay, okay, you haven't seen it. All right. It's a- Sorry, no, I haven't. No, okay. It's about the Vietnam War with this kind of deranged general, uh, and the making of the movie itself was was crazy enough. Um, but yeah, it's the classic. Course, I Rock, actually wrote the Valkyries music. I, I just—I don't know who does it.
4: I don't think I've seen many movies based on the Vietnam War, except for Forrest Gump. But I
6: know it's not based on the Vietnam War. Really? But no. Just not drawn to them. Just not Full Metal Jacket. Nah.
4: Well, I probably think part of it is—I remember I was at uh, history at school, and yes. we literally did two whole terms on the Vietnam War.
6: Ooh, geez, which okay. was quite
4: a lot, and. Obviously, significant mm. part of history, but I, I kind of, I kind of feel like some of the stuff we learned in history were, probably would have been better learning about other stuff. Um, I, th- I think some New Zealand history might be a
6: good one to put on the well. The uh, only, agenda.
4: only only bit of New Zealand history we really did was uh, the the Northern Wars. Yeah, with uh, Honey Heckey up at Russell and Flagstaff yep. and. Yeah. Uh, the Treaty of Waitangi. That was all we learned. Um, I mean, there was a bit of New Zealand. Oh no, we did a little bit of sports history, but I don't. Oh, I was Springbok tour. Oh, I was okay. the only real. It's the only in four years of history. that's the only New Zealand history I learned. So
6: yeah, well, same. We we very very little taught about our own history, which is kind of crazy and sad.
4: Yeah, I would just think it would have really just be good to learn about other stuff that wasn't war related. I guess. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Well, I'd, anything. Yeah, you know, you start with anything. But you right at the Valkyries from Apocalypse Now. It's da 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 da. It's great, great. And also this I, I got a friend in Liverpool, his uh, son has a um, shirt and music business called 80s Casuals Limited, 80s Casuals Limited. Just Google it, you'll find it 80s Casuals. Um, and he sent me over an Apocalypse Now t-shirt, uh, which I got for Christmas. So, uh, yeah, if you want one of those, go to 80s Casuals. Um Craig, you're showing your your softer side too with "I'm Not in Love" from Bridget Jones. Well done to you, Craig. Uh, the Edge of Reason, that's Maria from West Side Story, and a, a great one at the end. You know this one, Benny? Shallow from A Star Is Born.
4: I know that, the song, but I haven't seen the film for that either.
6: Haven't you? You should see it. It's really good. Yeah. Bradley uh, what's Cooper, his name? Bradley, yeah, Bradley Cooper and but Lady, not the, it's, and Lady it's not, Gaga.
4: it's not the original Star Is Born, is it? They've done
6: like it's, quite, like, it's like the fourth remake.
4: Yeah, but that, was it, they write their own music for each. That's it. of the films. Yeah, so. correct.
6: Yeah, correct. But there, shallow, great song. So thank you very much uh, for that, Craig. And keep them coming and double eight, double three songs from movies. Uh, we said Ben, we were going to play some of these um, press conferences from the English Premier League. Oh, we're Premier League, but then we also had to take that break first, which is what we're going to do now. Twenty-three minutes past one here on SCNZ. Dean Butler with you here until three o'clock this afternoon. Big Man Francis is on the buttons. We are looking for songs from the movies. If you've got any, please text us in double eight double three double eight double three. That one, of course, is the Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. And Benny, that is from Back to the Future.
4: Yeah, so the song features a couple of times in the first Back to the Future film. Uh, I really like the film. personally. Same, same, great movie. I think all three are pretty good. But yeah, so that I know Back to the Future has uh, Johnny B. Good in it as well. Yes, but we've used Johnny B. Good a couple of times already. Okay.
6: So, okay, so there you go. Power of Love, Huey Lewis, and the News. Keep them coming in, folks. Double eight, double three, double eight. Uh, double three. Also, if you've got any questions you want me to ask um, Brett Phillips about the Aussie Tennis Open when I interview him about uh, just after 2, give us a call. i got a question for you about the tennis.
4: Oh, good. Yes. Have you seen any of the new series on Netflix, First Serve?
6: No, I've heard. This is the one they follow behind the scenes, isn't it? Well,
4: it, it is, and it's it's a lot similar to the Drive to Survive series from Formula 1, mm. and it's it's great that tennis – I think this will help the sport in that. Yeah. But I've also seen Netflix have announced they're doing one for the Six Nations Rugby this year, and I think they're doing another one in another sport, and which is all great, but then I kind of feel like you can't do it with too many sports because you're just going to oversaturate the market. And the reason why I Drive to Survive is really good because it was a very niche product suited to Formula One, and I feel like if you start doing it with a whole lot of other sports, it's kind of going to lose that... Appeal to it, mm. if you know what I mean. But I, I, I watched the first episode of um,
6: First Serve last night, and who was in? It, who did they, did they feature did, on? Anyone in particular? Yeah, well, the main protagonist was Nick Kyrgios. Oh, good, good. We can talk to Brett about this when he comes on. Okay, yeah,
4: and we'll hear a bit from Nick Kyrgios after two o'clock as well, as he did his pre-Aussie Open presser. Ah, perfect. And, and he touches on the on the documentary series as well. Okay, so look. It was it was interesting. I, I probably I probably learnt a bit about Nick and kinda why he is the way he is. Okay. But in saying that, I don't think I've ever been a Nick Curios hater.
6: Okay. So yeah. Oh look, hate is a strong word. Yeah. I don't I yeah, I don't hate the guy, but I do think he's a bit of a knob end. Um well,
4: right, okay, I'll I'll retract my statement then. Yeah. I don't think he's a knob end. A knob end. Okay.
6: Oh, I do think he's a bit of a knob end. Um, I just don't like the way he shouted his family and friends in the box, for starters. They're there to support him. He just unloads them all the time. How do they...
4: Well, he's not the only one that does
6: it. Oh, yeah, true, but he does it a lot. He does it a lot. I uh, didn't like him in that doubles game uh, Doubles game against uh, the Kiwis that time.
4: I, I, think, I mm. think part of... Uh, with Nick curios is... I think probably that social media has probably a, a big reason to do to with it because it's one of those things where if people don't talk about it, it's just not going to get the coverage. And if it wasn't for social media, then imagine like a John McEnroe during a social
6: media era mm. and the way he carried on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He would have been yeah castigated today. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be allowed to get away with it today, for starters. You know the way the way he carried on back then—that's for sure. You know, as for curious, uh, I like the underarm serve, the underhand serve. I think that I, I like that. It mixes it up. You know, feels...
4: uh, I I I, just, I just think he's, he's great. And of course, you know, he probably can admittedly go over the top sometimes. But look, if it, if that's how what he needs to win and
6: succeed, mm. then I you know go for it. You do what you got to do. Uh, Mike has texted, and I believe. Uh, this is the song from the Lost Boys movie. You seen that movie, Benny? The Lost Boys? Don't think so. Kiefer Sutherland. Very good. You'd like it. It's got a vampire-y type of one, but yeah. It's very so good.
4: I would like it because it's got vampires in it.
6: Well, look, the, to be, look, let's be fair. I don't really like vampire movies. I mean, Twilight, I no, not me. Did you watch Twilight?
4: Uh, I've attempted to watch it multiple times because my partner likes it. Of course and she does. I've never, I've never gotten through it. The first, oh no! Actually no. We, I have watched the first one. I have I, I managed to get through the first one, but it took about
6: four attempts. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's hard work, Benny. That's hard work. Well, that's the thing. See, I watched the little bit of Twilight. I did watch. It had old. What's his face in it? Who's the tall guy? The the dude. What well, the main character? The main character. Uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that's it. And then when I heard that Pattinson was going to be Batman, I was concerned. But you've seen the Batman. With Pattinson? No, it goes back to what I was saying before. You, I just can't. I, look, I hear what you're saying. I'm with you. I agree that the Christopher Nolan trilogy is the defining three movies for Batman. Total agreement. Uh, ben Affleck, useless Batman, as far as I'm concerned.
4: <laughs> ben Affleck, useless. Full stop.
6: <laughs> no, he's had a couple of movies. He's had he's had a couple of good ones on Ben Affleck. Uh, but oh, you, you, you strike me as a real Nicolas Cage kind of guy. Oh, you can't go wrong with oh. Nicolas Cage, oh. the master. Oh. Oh, But yeah, Pattinson is good in the new The Batman. It's pretty dark, it's pretty gritty, but he's good. So yeah, don't be put off, Ben.
7: Okay. Sorry.
6: Okay. What about the Joker with old jo- Joaquin Phoenix? He was pretty good in that, mate. You haven't seen it? Sorry. You've uh, Look, I know Heath Ledger's your number one Joker, but you've got to see. Look, oh,
4: okay, the, the, I, I'm a 26-year-old stuck in a boomer's body, okay? I'm stuck in my own ways. <laughs> I, I love it.
6: I love it, Benny. I absolutely love it. Double eight, double three. Keep your texts coming in, folks. Or if you have a chit-chat. oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven 811 is the number uh, to call. Oh, another te- that's a nice text. Benny, great team. You guys need your own regular slot. How about that? Yeah.
4: Can you please email my boss? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: Benny, we promised the, the folks... Um, we were going to do this in the first hour we ran out of time but we've also got some press conferences from the EPL overnight if you didn't know the result of uh, the Brighton versus Liverpool game Liverpool once again were put to the sword they lost uh, 3-0 and here is um, Jurgen uh, Klopp he's the first one up here. here's Jurgen Klopp with
8: the, his thoughts Congratulations to Brighton they played an outstanding game I really thought in moments maybe we made it a little bit too easy for them but in general they played outstanding and we not uh, we were we we tried to help the boys with a um, uh, slightly different organization. Um, I actually thought it could have worked pretty well. We had moments where it worked well, where we put them under pressure, but in all situations when we won the ball, we, lo- we lose the balls in a moment much too easy. Uh, that's the main problem. So it means we never get this something going. So, um, um, Brian was better for the whole. 96, 97 minutes, but it's nearly, nearly half time. So, and it's allowed for us as well to play not a good half, have a kind of result, and let's go from there. But then obviously the second half started with the worst possible start, um, be 1-0 down. And in a game it was obviously clear already that one team is ready to play a really good game, and, and one team tries to, or fights have with themselves pretty much to get something going. Um, that's the worst possible start, and that's what everybody saw then. Um, just the problems are the same, like last week when we spoke about it, we don't win the key battles on the pitch, the key challenges, and we give the ball to easy away. Um That's difficult to organise, like protection for losing balls you should not lose, <laughs> it's not easy. But fully my responsibility, because um, I had an idea with a different Formation and um, that didn't work out. So, yeah, sorry. James,
10: Jurgen, you mentioned
6: it's the same problems again. Is that are the players just not listening? Are you not being able to get your message through to them, or are they
1: not able to do what you're asking from them? Because it is the same issues again. <laughs>
8: yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's okay to ask a question, but I don't have to answer. I don't think that I, I the, the the week looked like everybody got what I said. To be honest, so bringing it on the pitch is then probably a bit. You uh, you face a team full of confidence and joy and stuff like this, and then you we need to we need to have key moments as well, where we put the ball over the line, which we had, we had obviously chances. I think for two one, if I'm right, probably. Um, we had these moments, but they don't go. There, there's no, no, there was no moment in the game where, where we could get a little lift and go from there. And that, obviously, and the outcome is horrible to watch. To be honest, um, on one side, I think everybody from either Brighton, sure Charlton, or Brighton Heart um, enjoyed the game a lot, and I don't think anybody, whether Liverpool Heart, um, enjoyed it for a second. So, um, I think the players listen. I'm pretty sure about that, but I know where I'm coming from. And I see as well that it didn't look like it, but that's it. Yeah, and you, you, you went across to the away end after the game, you put
6: your hands together. Was that
8: your way of apologising to them? For yes, I exactly. think. I think they were exceptional. To be honest, they realised that's not our day, and they still showed that they are um, real supporters. Yeah, of course. That's not. It don't, we don't have a lot of. Positive, how can you really show, <coughs> uh, say thank you? But yeah, that was my way to do it. Jim White,
7: here. Can you? Mic? Yeah, can you? the say now
0: you
8: four substitutes on at once uh, I just wondered if you ever done that before in your career Attitude, you think so I think this was the, I, I, I said before um, I don't know four I once <laughs> we cannot change four so long so they no, probably not so exactly we only can do it since a few uh, months um, probably not no but three in once I'm for sure I did um, and um Yeah, just fresh legs. Not getting into, you know, we have these situations today. You saw it. We are a team, we don't foul usually, like harsh or whatever, but we got yellow cards, and you could see frustration was involved in that. And the two yellow cards, we thought, okay, come on, don't make it worse with getting a red and and stuff like this. So that's, and it was clear. It's so, it makes absolute sense to talk about it, but it was really, would have been really necessary to play a real football, play. A man-marking system, you have to move, you have to play, you have to pass the ball and stuff like this. So we have footballers out there, so we tried, We said, OK, come on, give, bring on fresh legs and, and, and let's play a little bit. In the end, nothing worked out today. But um, I think always in the little football-playing moments, I think everybody could see how how, how close we were to, to cause more problems than we did. It was first half a situation after two three passes, um, the centre half defensive with a long with a big toe, if you want. If, that's, if the, he doesn't reach the ball, then Cody is alone in front of the goalie. Stuff like this. So we we didn't have that. I, I don't expect anybody to remember good situations from our game. What I remember is one-one situations. Brighton going on the goalie or going on the centre half. So that was the story of the game, and um, that's why when we, when you lose the balls in moments where it cannot be really protected. That's why it looks we stand on two feet and it just pass us full throttle speed. Um, yeah. No, I have nothing good to say about this game.
6: Well, there you go. A, a very deflated Jurgen Klopp. Normally he's got something... You know, normally he's an attitude guy, he's a, he's a pump-yourself-up guy, uh, but in that one you could just see the lowest point so far. And I think many Liverpool fans would agree with that because, um, yeah, Liverpool were cut open pretty easily uh, several times and Brighton, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved um, their victory. Uh, and, well, here we go, here we go. Let's go to the other side of the corn. the uh, happy coach of Brighton, Roberto Di
5: it's a good day, no? Uh, I think uh, <clears throat> uh, two different uh, games in two different moment for us. Now I think uh, we are improving uh, in uh, quality of play. We are uh, we are clear. Uh, our idea is uh, very clear, I think, and. Um, we are improving in in all aspects. No?
7: Yeah. Uh, were you surprised how
2: your tactic worked really well, getting Mitoma in behind the Liverpool defence? Were you surprised how often he found space and time?
5: There? No surprise, no. But surprise uh, uh, for the tactic, different tactical disposition of the the, the Liverpool. No, because Liverpool. Uh, they were different uh, in, in different positions. for example, Alexander Arnold in the first half uh, was uh, higher. Uh, they defended in three, only three defenders uh, but uh, we had find a different solution. Uh, I have uh, very smart players. And they understand uh, immediately when there is different situation, and they know now um, they know what they have to do on the pitch, and depending of the different situation.
1: Um, I believe that's your first league
6: clean sheet since the draw to Forest in October. How pleased were you with that? You see three goals, but how pleased
5: were you with the defensive performance? Yes, I. I... I like when uh, when there is a clean sheet. We we are working uh, in. Uh, when I'm speaking about the quality of play, I uh, my focus is when we have the ball. But uh, when uh, also when uh, we we don't have the ball, no. Uh, and today I think uh, we play well with and without the ball.
7: And on the defence,
5: was there any issue with Lewis Dunk at the end? Um, obviously he went off when you were defending the corner. Was there any injury issues or anything? No, because uh, um, he, has a, he had a yellow card and in, f- in the last uh, ten minutes, five minutes, I don't know, uh, I didn't want to, to take a risk and uh, I wanted to uh, give the, the possibility to to restart the, the season of, uh, to, to Webster, because Webster, Webster is a, a really important player for us. Sorry to ask you about
0: this after such a fine performance, but it's my understanding
4: that uh, Leandro Trossard left the UK yesterday.
5: Were you aware of that after you decided to drop him? Uh, the that Trossard left England. Yes, yes, yeah. but I want Answer clear about Roussard In this moment, I'm thinking uh, to Trussard to Leo uh, because um, I'm sorry for this situation. I think I didn't make mistake with him. Uh, the people who work in uh, inside of Brighton know very well the situation. Uh, I'm fine with myself, and uh, I'm open. wait him and I open to I'm ready to open the the doors for for him because he's a good guy and he's a very good player for us very important player I don't want he change team but he has to understand uh, uh, he has to do uh, and he has to work with my attitude in my way because I'm coach and I decide the rules inside of the dressing room. Only this. And uh, I have the responsibility for my players, for my club. I'm honest. I'm very clear. When I want to to say something, uh, I I speak, uh, I used to speak uh, inside of the family and our family is the dressing room. I don't want to speak about the communicate of uh, his um, agent, because I don't know him. I know only Leo, and I I am ready to listen him without problem, because uh, the situation is a very important situation. It's not a bad situation. It's a great situation. Because if we learn, if we improve what is and what will be our way, we can only improve. And to achieve the result, the important result, to achieve our dreams, uh, we have to know we have only one way to um, to be open to improve, to be ready to work hard because we are Brighton and to, be, to, to play in Brighton we are a, a, a team of level, uh, medium level of this, uh, this competition and, uh, and so we have to work and to think before to the team than uh, ourselves
6: well, there you go. There's a uh, ultra-happy Brighton coach, Robert De Zerbe. Jeez, I hate to hear him when he's depressed. Bloody hell.
4: <laughs> well, we, well, he kind of was a little bit depressed towards the end. there. Yeah. He was talking about uh, the tro, tro sword, I think it is. the the Trossard. Belgian, yeah. Trossard, the Belgian player. Yeah. Who, there was a bit of a fallout between them, but he was pretty much saying, like, look, he he can come back, but he has to understand that I am the coach and I set the rules. Yeah. Which... I know I know you've been a Chelsea man, you're not a big fan, but I kind of go back to the, the Sir Alex Ferguson mentality. Yes. And I kind of, I can, I see why he's so respected, but I guess it's kind of more those old school values, which I guess if you kind of implement today, it will kind of, kind of, you'd be seen as being a bit too harsh, but that's almost, if you want to be part of a winning culture and winning football team, that's, street, right, that's how you need to be.
6: Yeah, I mean, the reason people like me who are Chelsea fans or other fans don't like Sir Alex Ferguson is because he was so successful with United. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And, you know, he rebuilt that side multiple times, which is incredible. He's an amazing manager coach. I just What I didn't like was he, in my opinion, he did have a lot of influence on refs at home games, especially, you know, if they needed 15 minutes of extra time, they got it, you know, or whatever it took. Uh, I'm I'm exaggerating, folks. But, you know, in terms of um, as a manager... I mean, you you just had a little story there, Ben, about what he did after the um, Champions League Cup final in, in two thousand and nine.
4: Yeah, so yeah. I was listening to a story that Gary Neville was telling, and he was real quick. He said that he went to the training ground for for a couple of days after they won the Champions League final in oh eight oh nine. Yeah, I think it was against Chelsea. But carry on. And he said that John Terry slipped He said he on. went there to get his boots, and he said Sir Alex Ferguson was there at six o'clock in the morning days after. He said he should have been on holiday. Amazing, eh? I've actually got another story, but we're oh, running we out of time. So. Oh God, damn, we haven't got time for it. Uh no. re- yeah, we'll, we'll tell it real quick. So there was a story where lots of the United players every week they got to sign, you know, balls for charity and things of like course, that. Of course, know, yes. you Do your charity stuff. Yeah. And it was, a couple of the players were getting a bit relaxed about it, and. Uh, Roy Keane noticed that only five players had signed these balls that were going to charity, so he went and told Sir Alex, <laughs> oh, and dear. Sir Alex went into the office and he absolutely berated the players, nice. trying to set, sell them like, "This is what you you, know, you guys have to do this." Yeah, um, and that's just part of that culture thing. He said, "Like, if you want to be part of this big club, you have to have this extra responsibility, and if you don't want it, you can get out."
6: Oh boy, I bet you, I bet you didn't want to be uh, outside of that five if you hadn't put your name on that. Oh, but that's—I mean, I mean—to be—to be fair to um, uh, Roy Keane, he was pretty much Sir Alex on the field, wasn't he? He literally was. You know, he was the general, the boss, etc. Uh, anyway, we got to take—we got to take another break, Benny. All right, we'll take another break. Back after that. Songs from movies. There you go. Pretty Woman from Pretty Woman. The Big O. Roy Orbison. Great choice. Great choice, Ben. If you've got any, um. Songs from movies, please let us know. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. We will try and find it for you and play that for you. Um, That is what we will try and do. Uh, Benny, you mentioned, uh, what did you mention? You mentioned we need to take another break, didn't you? Do you want to do that now as well then? Oh, God damn it, okay. Five minutes to two o'clock here on SENZ. Stand by me, of course. What a fantastic song from the movie, of course, Stand by me. Keep those ones coming in, folks. Double eight. Double three, double eight, a double three. If you've got a song from a movie uh, that you'd like to hear, after two o'clock, uh, we'll be talking to Brett Phillips, uh, commentator here. He'll be commentating the Aussie Open, uh, which starts tomorrow. Uh, n- tomorrow uh, in Aussie from nine o'clock tomorrow night. Is that right, Benny? I think uh, Brett will be doing the live commentary for the tennis.
4: Yeah. So throughout the next couple of weeks, at from 9pm I don't know to when I think it might vary every night but we do have live coverage of the Australian Open here on SCNZ. That's
6: pretty cool. A lot of those games go will go late, so I reckon, you know, like 11 o'clock over the air like 1 o'clock here. I reckon he could be here to like 2, 3 o'clock, depending on how long the games because they're five setters as well. Let's not forget that.
4: Yeah, well, I don't know exactly what capacity the whole thing will be done, but, yeah, we'll mm. have some form
6: of coverage on there, and Brett Phillips always leads the way. He's always a good chap. Nice. And, Ben, I just thought of um, uh, songs from movies. I thought, have we? Got, has anyone suggested um, uh, from the Breakfast Club? Don't you forget about me. Is anyone That
4: is on my list and it's ironically placed right by stand by me.
6: Oh, I'm loving it. I love that I mean that movie. What a great movie. Absolutely great movie. Anyway, we'll be back after 2. Two o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here until three o'clock, along with producer Big Ben Francis. The theme today is songs uh, from the movies. Give us a text, double eight, double three, if you've got a song from a movie that you'd like to hear. That, of course, is the classic. From the good, the bad, and the ugly, Ennio modiconi. It's the theme tune. I don't know if it's got a name. Has it got a name, Ben? It's just, it's just the theme to the good, the bad. That's how I know it as well. The old spaghetti westerns from back in the day. So you keep those ones coming in, folks. Double eight, double three, and we will try and find them for you. Um, of course, the um, tennis here is just finished in New Zealand. The ASB Classic. Starting up tomorrow, we have the Aussie Open. Uh, Kicking off, Brett Phillips from SEN will be doing the commentary for us. You'll have it here live from 9 o'clock tomorrow night for the next couple of weeks. And we have got him on the line as well. Brett, uh, good afternoon to you, mate, and uh, happy Sunday.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, likewise. Yes, it's uh, the calm before the storm, the Sunday before the Australian <laughs> Open. So
8: yeah, it's
0: uh, going to be uh, ma- madness for the next two weeks.
6: Yeah, I bet it is, mate. Hey, before I ask you about the Aussie Open, can I just ask you, we've just had the ASB Classic, you know, the men's and the women's finish yeah. here. Does that get much yep. traction in Aussie or much notice? Do people look at those results and go, ooh, or is it just kind of another event that happens before the Aussie Open?
0: No, look. I, I think if you if you follow the sport really closely, uh, people are keeping an eye on every match being played and results. And I, I suppose you call them the uh, <laughs> a kind of word, yeah, you know, the tennis nuffies, if you like. <laughs> yeah. who, are, who are all over it and breathing it. And I've got to say, and uh, we, you know, for the first serve, big part of SCN, uh, we cover everything on our social media. And uh, that photo of Richard Gasquet yesterday, just oh. pouring that big bottle of champagne over his head, was one of the best photos I've seen. <laughs> He might have been. He might have been wondering, uh, the great Frenchman, whether he was going to win another title at the age of 36. Yes. to knock out Cam Norrie, and he could potentially play our very own uh, firebrand uh, Nick Kyrgios in the second round of the Ooh. AO. He's had one of the. He's had one of the best single-handed backhands, Richard, for uh, a long time. Like so many, you know, played in yes. that really tough Nadal, uh, Federer, Djokovic era. Made a couple of. <laughs> Uh, semi-finals, but like all the French, uh, they've always been blessed with so much skill out on the tennis court. So great to see him win one in the twilight years. Oh, absolutely. It was,
6: a, And it was a great final. You know, Norrie tore up the first one. Gasquet came back in the second one. Norrie gets a big lead in the third one. Yeah, Gasquet finds the, the gas to get back in it and win. Yeah. Great game. But, of course, you know, Cameron Norrie with his New Zealand you know, history, you know, he lived here for a long time. His parents still live here. Mm. He had a lot of uh-huh. home support. And I don't know if that... W- worked for him or against them? Do you think sometimes that can put more pressure on you? Well, I think it can.
0: Yeah, I mean, any anyone who plays uh, at home, we saw it with our very own Thanasi Kokonakis, who won the title in Adelaide last year and and had a pretty good uh, backup uh, Adelaide, a chance to get through to the final. But I mean, he sort of liked having that crowd in his hip pocket mm. because it is rare for it's rare for uh, probably the Australian and you know, uh, New Zealand tennis players to actually have the opportunity to play at home. Yes. So they love having that roar of the crowd, yes. you know, totally in their favour, but it probably brings a little bit of pressure and uh, expectation. But, you know, look, Cam Norrie, I think, is going to have another pretty solid year on the tour. I mean, mm. he's gone from being a player who was, you know, 70-odd to now being a top 20, uh, got inside the top 10 at one stage. I love his backhand, particularly that cross-court backhand. And, He's um, he's a good solid pro. I love his story. It was mm. a South African link uh, to New Zealand to representing GB, and uh, I know he you know he'll take every opportunity to get back to New Zealand and play.
6: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit of a double edged sword for us. You know, we're great that he, we're happy that he's doing so well, but you know, obviously, we're a bit upset that he you know, had to go to you know mm. go under the Great Britain flag to carry on his career. But yep. from what I know about it, that kind of he kind of had to do, make that decision.
0: Well, he did. Yeah, I mean, that was the opportunity. I think back when he was about sixteen to yeah, mm. get over to the UK. He basically went on his own and you know got involved with an academy over there. And then obviously there was um, you know some investment put into his tennis and the resources. And yeah, he's been able to carve out a career. You know, mid to late twenties yeah. and you know to get himself up to the top ten is yep. uh, is a mighty achievement. And you know, a lot of players, a lot of players go on a long journey in tennis mm. and don't know quite where they're going to land. And you always love the ones who can. You know, actually make a living out of the sport yes. whilst they might not win a Grand Slam, whilst they might not reach the absolute top echelons, if you stay inside that top 100, you're guaranteed at least, you know, about $400,000 yeah. as a base for yeah. making first round of the slams. Yep. And then, um, you know, it's all, it all sort of seems worth it. If you're yeah, you're an independent contractor who's got your income and expenditure, and yeah, uh, outside of the top 100. I was actually reading um, about mm. one of your young guys. His name has escaped me. The young fellow who got the wild card, I think, into Auckland.
6: Oh, that was um, um Pannal, Panu? Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was reading I was reading his story today, and that that typifies. Um, and I think he, I think he made about six thousand uh, dollars prize money last year, and yes. he spent thirty four thousand on travel and coaching and everything else and he's 600 in the world so unless you get to that top 100 it is it is really to make it in professional tennis
6: yeah yeah it sure is well look let's get on to the aussie open uh brett i saw on the news last night there was an exhibition match between uh novak and uh and nick which seemed to be all you know and well well done but what is the reaction to novak in aussie is he still the king of melbourne
0: well, I've got to say he got a he got a really good reception uh, on Friday night. So it was it was yeah I can't believe a practice match actually drew a seller crowd and was live on television. We've uh, come a long way. Um, but there are there are a lot of people who can't afford to go to the Australian Open who pay twenty dollars. They got. Uh, a, Little little look at Novak. Look, the reception's been good. Yeah. Um, he's, got, he's obviously got a huge Serbian supporter base in Melbourne mm. who absolutely adore him. But I haven't heard any ruckuses at this stage. And yeah. I, look, I mean, throughout the next two weeks, um, there's no guarantee that there might be someone that uh, protests or disrupts um, a match that Novak's involved in. They can't be totally sure that's not going to happen. Mm. But I think generally our audience here love. The champions of sport—they yes. respect what he's done in the sport, and and they're glad to have him back. So yeah, we'll just see um, how the next fortnight looks. And he's had a little issue with the hamstring and the build. Oh, really? Uh, that's well, that's one to watch. I okay. Mean, he played the Adelaide final. Played the Adelaide final last weekend, and just slightly um, twinged his hamstring. But he played out uh, that match and won the final. Then had a hit out with Medvedev during the week, where he pulled up from practice. He's got a bit of taping on okay. the back of the hamstring, but. He seems to be okay, but obviously one will uh yeah, monitor.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, when you mentioned the Aussie Open, you know, Novak is the first name you mentioned, Then probably Nick Curious is the next one you mentioned. How is how is the bad boy looking for this one?
0: Well, it's gonna be interesting because he hasn't Played a lead-up event. Oh. Uh, obviously missed the United Cup. He had to pull out of Adelaide. Uh, back end of last year, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a point of conjecture. He didn't represent Australia in Davis Cup, which has been a big talking point oh, here. Oh, really? And then, went, then went and played um, a couple of those exhibitions in the Middle East where you pocket a very, very nice sum when you go to that part of the world.
8: And mm.
0: He actually just slightly tweaked his ankle. Um, but he's been practising the last couple of days. He looks okay. If there's one guy that can sort of pick up a racket off, not a lot of match practice. Yeah, that's right, with Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, because he serves so big. Um, yeah, he's on that same sort of side of the draw as Djokovic. So potential quarterfinal if Nick was able to get through to that stage. But okay. we'll sort of go one one game at a time. But yeah, he's our. I mean, if you're hand on heart, he's he's our one genuine hope of all the Aussies of actually, you know, making some sort of imprint on the on the draw. Yeah,
6: absolutely. And I've had a look at the uh, Aussie Open website, and I, I think it's been hacked. Uh, Brett, because I'm seeing the men's top seed is Rafael Nadal. How, how, how? how? He he's it's half injured, well, and but, what, he, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's because well, the world number one he's not he's not here. Uh, Carlos Elcaraz. so Elkarez, um, was oh, pulled out with injury. Okay. So he um, he pulled out about a week ago, which is really unfortunate. I had an unbelievable year last year, Carlos, for a 19 mm. year old. What he did. Uh, but I think the the physical strains of that year, he got the abdominal strain really late in the year and another little uh, injury uh, um, setback just prior to the AO, which has meant he's had to pull out, which is disappointing, but we'll see him for the next 15 years. So that elevates Nadal up to the top seed as the world number two. And mm. then Djokovic has now come into the, the fourth seed, which means uh, Djokovic and Nadal couldn't meet each other until... Uh, a semi-final if both, you know, go through
6: to that stage. Ah, so they're, they're still on the same side of the draw, though? Mm. Ah. Well,
0: they're, they're, no, opposite, uh, opposite sides, but they, that's, that's the earliest they could meet would be a semi-final.
6: OK, OK. Mm. But they could also meet in the yeah. final, depending on how it goes. Uh,
0: no. No, no it's semi-final. OK. No, oh. no, it, it'd be it'd be a semi. Yeah, oh. that'd, be, that'd be the matchup. OK, yeah.
6: yeah. yeah. See, I, I'd, I'd love to see Nadal, Djokovic in the final, you know, just... One more dance for the old boys. Um, <laughs> oh no, it'd be nice. Yeah, it would. It would be nice. But isn't Nadal? Isn't he? Is he looking fit? Because I've heard all sorts of stories. You know, he's had to modify mm-hmm. his serve, and it, it, what is going on? Yeah. Well, look,
0: Rafa's Raf never going at full rap power. He's had this foot issue for a long time now, but he takes all these sort of pain injections to to get himself right. He didn't. He, so he played two matches of the United Cup to start the summer lost both of those didn't look razor sharp Mm. and he did miss uh the back end of last year of course his wife um giving birth to their first child so yes uh he has had a good practice week in melbourne he's as rafa calls it you know a positive practice week where Mm. you're not actually playing matches but you feel like you're hitting the ball pretty well he's Mm. we've had the cameras on him he's moving okay he's got um he's got a guy called jack draper in the first round now just watch out for this guy. Okay. Because he went from outside the top 200 to 40 in the world in the last 12 months. Jeez. Big brood of a lad. Serves absolute bombs at you. Oh. And loves to, loves to get into the net where he's got that big wingspan. And
6: that's a difficult opponent for Nadal, which will be you know, on day one tomorrow. Oh, gosh, that's his first one up. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. And th- was there something he was having a problem with the Dunlop ball as well? Did I read that somewhere?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of the players who are not um, not, not that happy with the Dunlop balls. Um, We're there trying to um, yeah go into the technicalities of it all. I just I just believe it doesn't quite give them the spin um, that uh, that it needs. Now, Nadal uses a lot of top spin the yes. way he plays. So a lot of revolutions on his forehand. He needs that top spin. He doesn't hit the ball very flat, so... Um, it, he's found that the Dunlop balls there's not as much control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, players. I mean, people who are, you know, obviously, real tennis aficionados understand this sort of language about players adjusting the, their string tension. Right. Um, you know, the balls can play a big part in that, and they all play. They all play a little bit differently in the way they, you know, grip their racket, forehand, backhand. The shape they get on the ball. Some play flatter, some play with more flight and topspin. So,
7: yeah. yeah,
0: conditions don't always suit every player. Where well, they've got to sort of adapt and and try and find a way, is Um which it, you know is, is part of tennis because we play on all different surfaces.
6: Is it a change of ball or something they I mean, that was it was Dunlop last year? Has Dunlop always been the ball supplier, or is it a no? Ah. No, no. The slams, the slams will do
0: sort of deals with a, a ball manufacturer for a period. I mean, if you think of the French, uh, they had Babolat for as long as we can remember, which is a French brand, iconic in France. Right, you know, the Babolat tennis ball and rackets and everything. They changed to Wilson. Last year, so yeah, yeah. I suppose whoever's whoever's sometimes throwing the most money, and they do a deal for a good period, they
6: get some great exposure. Jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what about um, the second seed, Casper Ruud? He didn't ha- he didn't last long here in Auckland. What are you, what are his hopes?
0: Well, I like Casper. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Two Grand Slam finals last year. He's a real professional. Great team. His dad is with him there. You know, he obviously played on the tour, Christian. And he's got a really solid family. Mm. He's, um, I think, he's ready to take the next step. But that group of men, it's just, it's going to come down to matchups. It'll come down to the day because all those guys, if you just separate them from uh, Djokovic and Nadal, yeah. there's all of them who are a chance. Um, but the the margins are really really small. But I think Casper's certainly upped his intensity in terms of ball striking. Uh, he knows he's got to hit pretty heavy against these guys. We've mm. also got to bring a bit of creat- creativity as well. We saw it with Elkaraz, you know, rising to number one last year. Loved playing the drop shot, loved yes. uh, slicing away. If you can bring all that variety and get players out of rhythm, then that's when you can upset players. So, um, yeah, he's look. He's going to stay top 10 for a, a fair period. It's just whether he can, you know, nab one of these Grand Slams.
6: Yeah, well, that exactly right. And one man who also won't be short of... Uh, home supporters, old Stefanos Sitsipas. Does he get a big following in Melbourne?
0: He does, yes. Yeah. The Greek population love uh, loves Sitsipas. There's actually a little, there's a restaurant in the heart of Melbourne called yeah. um, uh, Stalactites, where yeah. actually Marcus Bagdadis back, Marcus made a final here back in uh, 2006, and yes. Marcus is actually going to join us in commentary oh, over brilliant. the next couple of weeks. He's back here playing the Legends uh, doubles, but when he had that run in 2006, he would go to this restaurant, hmm. uh, twenty open 24 hours, and you should have seen the crowd outside <laughs> this restaurant trying to look at Marcos as he's
6: having a you know late
0: late night suvalaki. <laughs>
6: that is that is brilliant. I love that. What a great story. Oh, fantastic! And what about some of the other names that we often hear, like you know Medvedev and Zverev? How how are they coming into the Aussie Open this year?
0: Well, Zverev's the interesting one because we, he had that horrific uh, injury against Nadal at the French last year when he, um, you know, uh, really damaged the ankle, Achilles uh, severely, was you know, taken off on a, a wheelchair, and we haven't. He's come back at the start of this year. He does look pretty scratchy. He Didn't play that well at the United Cup, so I don't think there's much expectation on Big Sasha to, to have a, a great Australian Open. Mm. Uh, Medvedev's just a ruthless competitor.
9: Yeah. Uh,
0: didn't have his best didn't have his best slam year last year, um, Daniil, but you know, I think he's gonna be right there when the whips are cracking in the second week. And you know, there's Andre Rublev who's trying to get past the quarter final stage. Berrettini, big hitter. Uh just watch out for this young boy from Denmark, uh, Holger Rune, who's an absolute superstar in the making. Um, you know, former junior number one rose to the top oh. ten at nineteen in the last twelve months. I know okay. everyone's sort of talking everyone's talking about El-Kerez, but Rune is Uh, That could be a potential Kyrios third round, which would be a bit of fireworks. He's a bit of an agitator, the young man. Doesn't mind just pricking the needle a little bit.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I'll keep on out for Holger Rune. That sounds really good. And what about on the the women's side as well, Um, Brett? Of Mm. course, with us, Coco Goff was fantastic here in Auckland. She had a magic tournament, won it convincingly, was easily the best player here, but also for an 18-year-old, incredibly mature.
0: I, I really think uh, Coco's ready to strike uh, this year. And it, it is funny, because we keep thinking of her as this sort of seasoned player now. Then you mm. look at her age, and oh, she's still only early, still early 18. It's yeah. quite remarkable Yeah, what she's achieved. I mean, we first looked at her. At, well, I remember seeing her at Wimbledon when she was uh, 15, mm. uh, playing against Venus Williams in the main draw. And, yeah, maturity beyond her years. Look, the women's, I've got to say, probably lacking a little bit of star power this year. You've got Igor Shviontek, mm. who's, the clear world number one by about 6,000 points. And then wow. you've got this big pack. Yeah. If you're looking at that pack of players, Coco is the one who's got probably the most upside mm. um, to her career. So, yeah, good win. I did watch you know a few of her matches in Auckland. and mm. She was pretty solid. So, you know, one Grand Slam final at Roland Garros uh, last year. I think she can maybe get to a couple uh, this year and, and leapfrog. Yeah, a few of those players in front of her. But, yeah, still 18. She's got a lot of time to make her mark on the sport if she hasn't already.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think she's a a hope. And what about um, uh, Emma Raducanu? Is she fit to play or not? Because she obviously injured herself here.
0: Yeah, we had media day here yesterday. So she did front the media. She declared that um, she's feeling good. She's obviously been doing a hell of a lot of work in the last week to recuperate that uh, that uh, ankle oh, and good. you know, lot behind, lot behind the scenes. Obviously, the players here. I mean, they got access to, got everything you know, medical, <laughs> medically <laughs> they need to get themselves right, hyperbaric yeah. chambers, everything else you need. So look, she's declared herself, declared herself ready to go. But gee, you get into a Grand Slam match and it'll test everything physically. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll just see where she lands. But um, it, it's nice actually that for Emma, because when she won that US Open, she was put up in lights. And I, I felt a little sorry for her in a way, because, you know, you, you sort of achieve a result like that way before time that mm. you probably should. And then suddenly the expectations are that you have to maintain that. And she's sort of gone away trying to figure herself out, few different coaches, uh, but just trying to be a normal girl as well. And it's, I think, I think the tennis world done a pretty good job just to take a little bit of pressure off her to go, well, that was that was an exceptional performance that will never be repeated at the U.S. Open as a qualifier mm. at 18. Let her now just develop and grow and have her ups and downs and see where she lands. But, yeah, we'll, um, yeah, we'll get a feel when she plays in the next couple of days.
6: Absolutely. And as you say, this women's uh, this year, it does seem way more open because of the names who aren't there. You know, Naomi Osaka's not there. Ash Barty's not yep. there, Serena Williams mm. isn't there, you know there's is is Venus Williams there or is she wild card or anything no, or? Well
0: Venus had to pull out because she got the injury in Auckland Oh that's right, yeah. she got injured so, too, yeah Yeah, so she was she controversially got the wild card into the Australian Open, That uh, people were up in arms about that here, that oh. you're giving a, and, and yes incredible pedigree, seven time major winner but mm. 42 years of age, she only played four matches in the last year, she's basically been inactive for a large part of the last three years. Gotcha. And I think the I, th- I think the Australian Open wanted to recognise the champion that she's been, probably being her last, and that's yeah. why they gave her the wild card. Yeah. But Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the debate here as, as to why, but anyway, she's not going to be here, and that's probably the last time we'll... See here. I'm not sure if she's coming back at 43 next year. No,
6: I doubt. Well, well I doubt it. Yeah, I, I doubt it. So really it, it's it's uh, Inga Swietek's to lose this the women's final? A uh, women's. Yeah,
0: I, I think so. Yeah, and, and you don't quite know. I mean, Inga uh, had that loss in the United Cup game back about 10 days ago to the world number three Jessica Bagula, and that just sort of made us. Think well, okay. Um, it's not going to be all Eager's way, and 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 she is absolutely the hunted. So everyone wants to take her scalp, and she had an incredible year last year. Uh, but she's only got to be about five to ten percent off, and you know one of these girls could maybe uh, maybe grab her. But yeah, until until that happens, I think she deserves the favoritism. She plays a really dynamic brand of tennis, and. Uh, I think she's opening up Yeah, night session uh, day one up against Jules Nema, who's um, a player from Germany but yeah she should be able to get through that fairly comfortably
6: OK well you've, as you know uh, Brett a lot of our audience and your audience in Aussie too we love a bit of a flutter you've given us Holger Rune as a bit of a dark horse in the men's side on the women's side who are you picking to we've got, let's say Eger's going to take it up but if there's a dark horse if there's a smoky in this pack who is it? Hmm.
0: Well I don't know if she's totally a smoky, but uh, I've been covering Adelaide in the last week and Belinda Bencic, the question we've always had about Belinda mm-hmm. and, you know, fine play. I mean, as an 18 year old, she got into the top 10 of women's tennis, beat some very good players then got a debilitating wrist injury. She's come back, um, won the tournament last night. So she jumps back in the top 10 and, you know, I think we all think there's a Grand Slam in her. She's had a, her best runs have come at the U.S. Open, the semi, and a couple of quarters. But mm. I feel like she's, I feel like she's just her game's got a bit more there, a bit more bite, a bit more aggression off the ground. And I think, you know, she's ready to go deep um, at an Australian Open. And look, sometimes those lead-in victories aren't always the precursor. But I feel like she's built some nice sort of winning form, and I think. Benchich is a real uh, a real chance to go
6: really deep uh, in this next fortnight. Okay, Belinda Benchich. we'll keep an eye out on that one. Hey, Brett, mate, uh, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today, and I'm sure we'll be listening for the next couple of weeks to see how it all pans out at the Aussie Open. Thank you, mate. No, looking forward to it. Thank you. There you go, folks. Uh, Brett Phillips with uh, yeah some good intel there. Holgorune is the dark horse on the men's side and uh, Belinda ben- Benchich on the women's side. Uh, and as uh, Brett said, Coca Goff playing well and Iga Swiatek as well on the women's side. Unfortunately, Novak and Rafa will meet in the semi-final. Boo! Um, loved it to have been uh, the final. Anyway, we better take a break, uh, Big Ben, and we'll come back after that with some of your thoughts for songs from movies. Twenty-seven past two here on SENZ. Uh, Dean Butler here with you. Up until three, producer Ben Francis is on the buttons. Songs from movies. I mentioned it just before. Benny, you found it. Good on you, boy. Don't you forget about me from The Breakfast Club. What a great movie that was. Awesome movie. That last scene where he's walking off the break, the, the, the gridiron pitch raises his arm like, ah, awesome. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Ben. Uh, a few texts have come in too. Oh, he's a good one. Uh, from the movie Easy Rider, born to be wild by Steppenwolf. Wow! Okay, great song, absolute great song. Uh, an older one here, "Burning Bridges" from the movie Kelly's Heroes. That's an old war movie for you, Benny. Uh, and uh, Mark's come in one, The Blasters' uh, "Dark Night" the song from Dusk Till Dawn. That's the uh, that's a vampire movie as well, isn't it? Yeah, a Dark Night. And then Ken's come in, uh, Dino, Jimmy Barnes and NXS "Good Times" from Lost Boys. Was that in Lost Boys? I did not, you know, I can't remember, geez, okay, that is a great song, good time. So there you go, Kim coming in, folks, double, eight, double, three songs uh, from movies. Anything you've got, do let us know. Uh, we just, uh, if you want to have a chat about anything as well, 0800-150-811 is the number to call. We can uh, have a chinwag about anything, the football, the anything, the, the Aussie Open, the movies, whatever you want to have a uh, chinwag about. And uh, we were talking with Brett Phillips just before about the Aussie Tennis Open, because it is coming up. And I don't know about you, but I always get drawn into the Aussie Open. I tend to... The timing's good for viewing, for starters, and uh, the games are always pretty good. Not happy that uh, Djokovic is going to meet Nadal if they get that far in the semi-final. Uh, but, hey, there you go. Um, there were some press conferences ahead of the Aussie Open as well. And, and, Ben, I think we'll... Let's go with the big the big, big ones to start with. Let's go with... Uh, uh, what did they say, bad boy Nick Kyrgios? to start with?
7: Okay, here he is, Nick. You know, obviously this time of the year is a lot for someone, I play like me with the pressure and expectation and you know, just managing the body. I think you know, the top players, you know a good example is Novak, we're always kind of managing something, you know, the tennis season's so long, so, you know, I'm relatively feeling pretty good. I wouldn't say fresh, but you know, I'm just really excited to be here again, obviously, after incredible memories last year with Thanasi and Yeah, the year I had last year at the Grandstands as well. So I'm excited to see how things, um, you know, unravel this week. Haven't watched it. Um, you know, I watched the preview obviously, and just been so busy, man. Like I just been doing so many things off the court, obviously preparing for the AO, but yeah, obviously it's massive opportunity for my brand to, to get out there, but you know, it's just so important for tennis. I think, um, you know we've got so many great personalities so many young personalities um and some so many colorful athletes you know francis um alcaraz taylor fritz these guys are you know great tennis players and they're great people as well so i think when the big three kind of you know settle down and end up do it um retiring it's so important that these guys are on showcase globally because tennis is you know one of the most global sports in the world and we need it to be successful um but yeah, for me how I'm portrayed—definitely not how the media's portrayed me. Um, you know, I'm a, definitely a fun kid who grew up in a very quiet sort of town with my family, and um, yeah, it was—it's obviously pretty cool to see, um, you know, how far I've come. Um, but I think the later episodes, as well, following me around Wimbledon and all that type of stuff, will be super exciting. So, you know, I'm just glad that you know tennis is on the map again, and I think that's—it's one of the main talking points and um one of the biggest sports right now obviously with the netflix documentary dropping so i have always been a player that doesn't need too many matches um you know i played 12 to 13 events last year and felt like that was a lot of tennis so i'm always going to have to keep that in mind you know obviously there's there are players that that need a lot of matches going to a grand slam but me i just like to feel fresh i like to feel like i've got everything under control um but there's so many capable people here so you know to you know, there's all this talk about you know me being a favourite and you know big expectations. I'm just trying to take it a day day at a time. You know, there's so many people here that can cause damage, so um, yeah, I'm just doing everything um, everything right at the moment. Yeah, it was just a special moment, just more relief more than anything. You know, obviously hearing the outside noise every day, every tournament. Oh, he's not able to, you know, put it into a Grand Slam. He's not able to do this, not able to do that. Um, I always knew belief-wise that my level was there, but to be able to do it consistently. Um, was always the the issue. But, you know, I think it just kind of showed me how stressful getting to a slam final is, dealing with the outside noise, um, you know, media commitments, um, you know, balancing on-court, off-court recovery. You know, those these guys that have won multiple grand slams, they're just animals, um, not only physically but mentally. So I kind of just... I don't get invested with anything before a slam that much anymore. And even during, I just kind of just roll with the punches and just go where the flow takes me and just trying to perform when I need to perform, that's it. But it just, it was a lot of relief, honestly, that I was able to show it finally at a Grand Slam. I think everyone wants to get to a position in their sport or their profession and be one of the best and and have that that expectation and pressure. You know, it's a privilege to to go out there and feel that Australia wants me to to win and and to be one of the favourites. It's a good feeling. Um, you know, I, I walked in here at the Australian Open maybe eight, nine years ago as a wild card, and now to see how my career has unfolded and to get to a point where everyone kind of expects me to win and go far is—it's a good feeling. But there's a lot of stress as well. You know, I, I see it every everywhere on social media or everyone talking about, oh, how are you feeling about Australian Open? Well, you're one of the favorites. It's hard to kind of just focus on what I need to do. I think the US Open was hard, really I think, really hard for me because every match I was playing the last match on, so I wasn't getting to sleep until 3, 4am every night, which was incredibly hard. You know, that's hard for anyone. So I think it's just, at a slam, you just can't get too invested. Um, you know, if you lose a set, you got to just try and put it back and, and just forget about it and just keep going, keep moving. you got to do everything right, tick all the boxes, but... I just know at the end of the two weeks, if if things go well or you know things don't go well, I'm going to be emotionally exhausted after this. I need to look after myself all the time. I need to make sure that I'm you know getting right amount of sleep. I need to just, you know, I'm a human at the end of the day and it can take so much. So um, yeah, I just I just know going into it, it's going to be it's going to be tiring. Yeah, I mean obviously it's hard finding the balance, but you know last night I look at the fact that I'm able to raise a quarter of a million dollars for charity and, you know, make Novak feel right at home at, at the slam where he's had the most success. Um, you know, all the people that are just there to see me have fun and, and I'm doing Kids Day today. I mean, that's always been a big priority for me is, you know, I have this platform now where I'm able to, you know, inspire the youth, um, you know, do great things with it. Um, so, no, it's, it's, not, it's not really taxing for me personally. Um, obviously, everything takes energy. But at the same time, it's so rewarding to, to see, you know, I go out there tomorrow, uh, yesterday with a couple of young kids and they're posting on Instagram today saying it was the best day of their lives. You know, that's powerful. That's what us as athletes can do. Um, and I'll never slow down with that sort of stuff. You know, I think that's that's why I've got to the position I'm in. You know, someone like me, if you, you saw in the Netflix documentary, I look like a potato for the first 10 years of my life. Um, and and now being able to, to do so many special things, um, you know, that's what I'm going to focus on doing. But, yeah, I mean, it was pretty special last night. I think it was a special night for everyone.
6: There you go. Nick Kyrgios, uh talking about uh, what's going to happen. And interesting uh, insight into how he said his first 10 years he, he felt and looked like a potato. Uh, and now look at him. And, you got yeah, okay, Ben, you're right. He does do some good stuff with the kids. I'll give you that. Yeah, he does. Well, he does.
4: I, I think one thing people forgot, though, as well, was when they – I think it was – it must have been pre-COVID times, and it, it seems so long ago, but when they had the really bad Aussie bushfires and Curios rallied everyone together to raise money for the bushfires, mm. people forget about things like that that he does because we live in a society where we are more interested in putting people down, mm. and especially with a guy like Nick Kyrgios because it's like a... I'm more curious to know, though, whether it's people actually genuinely dislike him Mm. or whether it's like a bandwagon kind of thing. Oh,
6: people just jump on because everyone else is. Yeah, and and, and
4: that's what social media does because every time you go on social media, everyone's like, Nick Kyrgios this, Nick Kyrgios that. So then we're like, oh, then you kind of think that in your mind. Next time you see him and you see him blow up, you're like, oh, you know, that person... With, you know, one Twitter follower, you know, said that. So I must be equally outraged because I have 17 and my opinion matters so much. And then we have media outlets that decide to pick up on people's tweets like this. But that, but that's what it comes down to. Like how many people out there actually genuinely dislike Nick Kyrgios? Is it, beca- is it because they have a legitimate reason? Or is it because it's the whole thing, oh, because everyone else does, you know, let's all hate on him too.
6: Yeah, look, that could definitely play a part of it. I certainly don't like, as I said before, some of his behaviour uh, to his, to the box, to the people, his family, but if they're going to take that, then they can take that. Um, well, it's a bit like Novak, I guess, because he's a bit the same. He's always... Oh, yeah, but not to the level of Kyrgios does to his box. He's always shouting at them. You know, it's, it's it, it annoys me, but at the same time, if his... People in those boxes are happy to do that to let them vent. If that helps them win games, etc., then they must be happy for that. A- absolutely, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Keep your um, uh, songs coming in too for songs from movies. Double eight, double three. We got to take a break, Benny. We'll be back after this. <clears throat> uh, yes, of course, themes from movies. Uh, what a classic. I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard. You, you must have seen that one, Benny. The Bodyguard. Costner is the bodyguard. I don't remember. Whitney Houston is the, obviously the singer. Don't remember. Yeah. And you know who wrote the song originally, don't you? You know that one.
4: I have. Someone did tell me the story, yes, yeah. but the name does allude me. It's, it's Dolly me. Parton. That's right.
6: Yeah, but what a great song. What a fantastic song. Keep them coming in, folks. Double eight, double three. Songs from... The movies and Ben, I believe you are going to come off the top rope on something. You've uh...
4: yeah. Well, we were just talking about Nick Kyrgios, and we I, were. and we I were. said, I how much of it actually is people genuinely hate him, or is it much bandwagon? bandwagon. So during the break, mm. I did some research, and I this is from a couple of years ago, but okay. this is an article from the Herald Sun. Yes. And apparently, in this Herald Sun article, Nick Kyrgios was voted, and of course, this is Australian targeted. Yes. The second most hated. Athlete of the past decade.
6: Crikey! Are uh, you going to run through a, a list of, of of people? Okay, so uh,
4: so this this is the other people that feature in the list. Number okay. one is
6: Oscar Pistorius Oh yeah, well that's understandable. Convicted murderer. Mur- murderer. Yeah, understandable.
4: He's also followed by Aaron Hernandez, who's a now deceased former NFL player, another convicted murderer. Okay. Yep. He's surrounded by David Warner. David, uh, uh, a, a
6: cheater, yep.
4: and, uh, a cheater, yeah. And player, a football player, I like to call Chewy Suarez, who's known for biting people, <laughs> and he's also a well-known racist, and he's all, and also Sung Yang, the I think the Chinese swimmer, is also on the list. And I look at oh, every yeah. everything the these drugging, other yeah. athletes have done in their careers, and I look at Nick Kyrgios, and I'm thinking, you've got to be joking, you have to be joking that Nick Kyrgios. Is Is, number two on that list? Is in a list with all those other people and you Mm. look at what they've done in their careers Mm. and you're telling me Nick Kyrgios is the second most hated athlete.
6: Mm.
4: Uh, No, it mm. it does not sit well with me, Dean. I, I can tell. It's... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming out here saying I'm a, bit nit, I'm a massive net kisser. I don't really watch a lot of tennis no. to be fair.
6: My nana loves tennis, so does when she? He,
4: when she calls me, she always talks to me about tennis, and I know enough to
6: get through the chat. Yeah, but you've got to go around and watch a game with your nana. You have to.
4: Yeah, I. I would, so we usually record the Aussie Open final for her, and she watches. You know, we'll watch through awesome. that. But awesome. I just, I just look at that list, and I'm kind of thinking. You're telling me what Nick Kurios has done
6: is just as bad as these people. I hear what you're saying because you're right. And if you compare him to that those others on that list, he should be down the bottom of that list or even maybe not even on that list. Is and that what you're saying?
4: Essentially. But I've also found an American list mm. and they've got Lance Armstrong on there. Of
6: course. This is your most hated. Yeah, they've got OJ Simpson. Oh, Absolutely. They got
4: Michael Vick. For those who don't know, he's, yeah. a, he's a former American football player, but he spent twenty months in jail D-dog, for pleading guilty yeah. for dog fighting, dog and fighting. he was allowed to return and play NFL.
6: Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh, you have a couple. You have the Bush brothers from NASCAR. Apparently, they, they, they I would say the more intense than Nick Curios. Apparently, okay. they've threatened to punch people and fight people, oh, which yeah. I don't think Curios has done. No.
6: Okay, I don't know that. Like uh, Kobe brothers.
4: Bryant is on the list. Really. Apparently, the infamous case from Colorado, which I don't know a lot about, so I can't comment on that. Tiger Woods is on the list. Yeah, (laughs) old mate Tiger. Okay. But people, when he came back and won in 2019, I think it was, you know, he was the most loved person on the earth. But you have to to admire that that willingness to fight back.
6: The redemption story, yeah. We've got
4: Floyd Mayweather on that list for his, I guess, his arrogance and look at me. I think
6: he's had some uh, issues on the domestic front as well.
4: Uh, and then LeBron Floyd. James is number one on, on that list. More, I think, because of his... The, I would say probably the way he's changed the NBA. I'd probably say more. that's probably more what it is. I to thought him. he
6: would have been forgiven because he went back to Cleveland, didn't he?
4: Yeah, but I guess he's kind of changed the way the land... I, I I don't think the NBA would be the way it is today if it wasn't for LeBron James in terms of we've got teams tanking to try build and teams just literally just giving up and trading everyone away
6: right so it doesn't really say the reason why he's on not that. really but like I
4: say when I look through most of those other athletes and I see that Nick Kyrios is number two on the list
6: <laughs> what? you think it's out of whack with with some of the other the well crimes that have been done by the other people on those yeah on those lists yeah Yeah, look, they they probably are. They probably are. But if you've got any thoughts, folks, 800 1508 or text double we've got to take another break. Back after this. You've got to cut Footloose from the movie. Footloose. That's our last one for today, Benny. Thank you so much. What a great, great theme it's been today, Benny. well, I'm I'm going through till three thirty, mate. So there's going to be a couple more still to go. Oh, come. there you go. So you want people to keep texting in? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So keep texting in, folks. After three, double eight, double three. Benny will keep rocking the big top. I have to leave at three. I've got something else on. Uh, but Benny will keep rocking. Had a couple come in here, Benny. Guys, one of the best songs of all time. This is from Graham, from uh, the wire rapper, Low Rider from A Night's Tale. So that's the. Um, is that Owen Wilson? A Night's Tale. No, that's Heath Ledger, isn't it? A Night's Tale. Is that? I'm probably getting completely mixed up. Yeah, we might be getting our movies mixed up. But look, we're not, we're not sure. But um, a, a great movie either way. Uh, Graham, thank you so much for that.
4: No, you're right. It is Heath
6: Ledger. It is Heath Ledger. Yeah. I just remember
4: seeing the cover like a guy looking like Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Owen
6: Wilson's been in a lot of good films too. Um, old Owen Wilson. Oh, well, He was the voice of uh, Lightning McQueen, wasn't he, on Cars?
4: That's correct, sir. Yeah,
6: yep. absolutely. 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 Hey, look, folks, it's been a pleasure. We've got to wrap it up, any, don't we? We've got about, uh, about a minute left.
4: Yeah, uh, It's been another great day, and whoever um, takes through saying we need a regular slot, as I said, just let
6: the boss know. Let the boss know. And At- if I
4: do well enough on my own, definitely let him know.
6: <laughs> Absolutely, Penny. Absolutely. We had a lot of, uh, well, thank you to our guests today as well. David Choad, of course, talking all things uh, football. And if you're um, a Liverpool fan, I hope you're uh, commiserating this afternoon. If you're a City fan, you're probably doing the same. If you're a United fan, you're... Yeah, once again, you're going, yep, we got the rub of the green at Old Trafford. What a surprise. Uh, well done to you. Uh, and Phoenix, of course, what a great result for them. The, their role continues. Good stuff to Phoenix. Uh, Brett Phillips, we were talking the Aussie Open uh, with Brett before, and he gave us a couple of um, couple of dark horses from the men's side, Holger Rune. So if you want to like... Um, I bet with the better odds, maybe Holger Rune. Uh, the unfortunate news was that Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal are on the same side of is, the draw. was that
4: player on the in the men's draw. In the
6: men's draw, re- I should have been more specific. Yeah.
4: No, I was just cheating. because yeah. it sounds very like very like Hercules.
6: Does it really, Holger Rune? <laughs> so he's on the men's side, and on the women's side, it was Belinda Benchich. Okay, so because the, the women's the women's draw this year is wide open. You know, there's no Serena, there's no Naomi Osaka, there's no Ash Barty, it's wide open. So Belinda ben- Benchich and or Coco Gough were his kind of smokies. But anyway, that's it for me, folks. Have a good one, and uh, Ben, we'll see you next time. I no idea when that is, mate. You know how it works here. You Cheerio, get the, mate. You get the text. Cheerio. Have a good one, folks. See ya.
4: One minute after three, you're listening to Sunday Afternoons here on SENZ. Ben Francis will be with you for the next half hour before we then cross to Australia for some Big Bash Cricket Hobart Hurricanes up against the Sydney Thunder coming out for you very shortly. But our music theme for the day has been from the movies. We've had some great suggestions come through on double eight double three, so keep those coming through. That one, of course, Blaze of Glory by John Bon Jovi. And that was from Young Guns 2. I think they came out in 1990. So as I say, keep those suggestions coming through or you can give us a call 0800 150 811. Now, we did have a lot of uh, audio prepared to play out during the show, but Dean and myself, we got talking quite a lot. Dean's had to shoot off. Uh, so that's why you've got me for the next half hour. But we've, we had plenty of audio lined up to play. Lots of football from the, all the results overnight in the Premier League. And also from the Australian Open tennis, which begins tomorrow. And from 9pm tomorrow, uh, tune in for live coverage of the Australian Open. But firstly, we'll just quickly touch on those Premier League results from overnight. Aston Villa... Yesterday, sorry, beat Leeds two goals one. Then Man United beat Man City in the big Manchester derby. We'll hear from Eric Ten Hag very shortly. Wolves out of the relegation zone, a 1-0 win over West Ham. Nottingham Forest, 2-0 over Leicester City. The Forest resurgent continues. Well, the, the 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 sorry, the decline for Liverpool keeps on going, losing three nil to Brighton. Southampton still on the bottom, but getting a nice win over Everton two one, and then Brentford beating Bournemouth two 0 But the big game, the big talking point from overnight was the Manchester United win over Man City. And let's hear from Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag.
10: Oh, we improved. That, that's that's obvious. Still a long way to go, a long path to go. A uh, lot of um, aspects in our uh, game we have to improve, but yeah, we we're progressing. and um, That's quite obvious. So you said in your interview, you made quite an interesting point about Marcus Rashford. You were asked if he was going to come off, and you said, "Well, he has to learn to deal with the the pain sometimes that you get as a top player." Is that what he did today? I don't think I said he has to learn with it. I think he learned already. Uh, and he knows how to deal, he knows that in top football uh, you have to suffer, you have to sacrifice, uh, you have your painful moments, um, uh, especially player like he is, uh, he's unstoppable, then um, opponents will go tough against him uh, to, to, to stop him, uh, but yeah, you have to deal with it and I think he's capable of it, uh, he keeps investing, he keeps going, he keeps focusing, for his chances, and in the end he got, got rewarded, and the team got, uh, got a reward. Sorry. Eric, can you talk us through that moment when you could perhaps send on
4: Martinez and Tomate, and then
10: United scored those two goals, what, what were you thinking then, and how did United come back in this match? Yeah, of course, you always think about uh, when, how you can change the game, and uh, after half-time I think we didn't came out well, We can also say that City changed something that gives us problems. We struggled in the game and then you analyse the game and you try to get back the control of the first half because I think the the first half we, we played really brilliant it was so good defending organisation tactical um, they they did so well the team so proactive from a good block and then in the break we create good opportunities and chances for instance Marcus Rashford the one against one and I think yeah, uh, I had the feeling in the half time we should have have, have lead in this game. But then after half time, the, team, the, the game was totally different. We didn't get the press on, the Rotary was too much on the ball, Walker was too much inside and we didn't get the control there. So you try to, 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 to change that. And it's the same when you are, you are down, you try to change the game. And it, first we did it with, with Carnaccio bringing on, but then also in the end to bring the energy with uh, with Scott hopefully hoping on more penetration and I would change also to bring in um, Martinez, bring in building up and also then Shaw to the left side, hopefully we, that we go more in the wide areas, pe- penetrate as well. That was the idea, but it wasn't necessary because we scored in, that, uh, in the right moment. Think, well. uh, Eric, a few
0: months ago uh, people might have said or might have thought it was impossible for United
7: to come back against City in that way, having come from behind. Is that part of the improvement you're talking about as well? you think? The resolve of the team has changed the mentality.
10: I think we often talk about, in, um, about teams developing. We talking about tactics or uh, tactics progressing. But one of the uh, the main um, jobs from a manager, from a coaching staff, is to work on the mentality of a team. And this mentality has a lot of elements, but one of them is resilient. and Determination. I think um, that this team is, is progressing a lot in those facts. Eh? Uh, dealing with setbacks, dealing with suffering eh, and uh, painful moments, um, and uh, keep going after after setbacks like a goal against. And um, uh, I think we have also players on the pitch who have experience. They know that in hey, one moment games can change. And I think yeah, we are much better capable to deal with such situations as a couple of months ago.
9: Jeremy, uh, you've been you in um, Arsenal, City
6: and Liverpool now this season. Uh, you, you can play Arsenal obviously. You must be in the title race now. Even if you don't say you're going to win it, surely you are in this title race now. The fans can
10: dream, right? United fans. Oh, the fans may dream, but we not. Uh, we have to keep our feet on the ground uh, and then uh, face that uh, in our um, game has a lot to improve, and still a lot to improve. Uh, it can't happen that after half-time we'll be losing so much control in a game, for instance, and then getting down is unnecessary. Uh, when we do the right things, when we follow the right rules, when we st- step up from the back in an earlier moment, uh, we can control such moment and doing the same as the first half but yeah that's also top football small details has a big impact and we have to keep working on that and keep investing in that
4: so Manchester United up to third on the Premier League table just one point behind Manchester City both teams have played 18 games but that superior goal difference for Manchester City will probably help them in the long run. Uh, Michael Holsworth is texted through here on double eight double three, asking about who will be broadcasting the New Zealand Tour of England, which gets underway. So the England are actually here for the two tests. In a month's time, I think it actually begins. So the Black Caps are up in India next, I believe. They're playing uh, some three ODIs and three T20s off the top of my head. And then they're the Black Caps have two tests against England, but the Black Caps actually go to England in August. And I think at this stage it will be on TVNZ, whether it's through their website or through TVNZ Duke. Uh, Michael, I think that's still to be determined. I think they're probably just trying to work out. Uh, a few kinks in the in the schedule now that TVNZ have had to take the rights, but I would assume it would be on one of their platforms, whether, it, let's say, it's online or on the TV. It is about 10 minutes past three here on Sunday afternoons on SENZ. As I said, coming up very, very shortly, we will be crossing to Australia for live Big Bash coverage. Coming up very soon is the Hobart Hurricanes against the Sydney Thunder. And then coming to you at 9 o'clock tonight, Sydney Sixers against Perth Scorchers. So those two games you have to look forward to coming up here on SENZ. But coming up after the break, we will talk some more tennis and we'll hear from a couple of the female players in the lead-up to the Australian Open. From the movie Top Gun, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins here on SENZ. Sunday afternoons on SCNZ. Ben France is taking you through for the next ten minutes. Theme songs for today, with our music coming out of the breaks has been songs from the films. So keep your suggestions coming through. We will we will redo these lists at some stage. There's only so many categories you can do, but trying to do categories most nights. So any actually any categories you would like uh, me to try put together. Just text them through, let me know, double eight double three. Be very curious to know what kind of music themes you guys would like to hear on SENZ. Now, last hour, Dean Butler spoke to Brett Phillips, who is leading our Australian Open coverage here on SENZ, as I say, from 9 o'clock tomorrow night. You will be able to hear the Aussie Open and... Brett highlighted Coco Goff is one to watch at this year's tournament. Of course, Coco was in Auckland and won the Women's ASB Classic. And yesterday she spoke to media about being back in Australia and she is excited to hit the court in Melbourne.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a great confidence booster for me. I had a lot of fun in Auckland. I think the tournament um, did a great job despite the rain. Unfortunate um, for the fans, but... I had a great time playing indoors and outdoors. Um, We joked that it was like more of an indoor tournament than outdoor, Um, but I still had a lot of fun and I hope to be back. Yeah, I think I made a a lot of improvements. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of long days, Um, but I feel like I've improved a lot. And um, yeah, I really think that I had probably one of the best off seasons I had in a while. Now, we don't know if the results will show right away for the work it has so far in the first week, but I hope it continues throughout the year. Um, But I think it really was a good off season for me.
2: Are there any specifics you
1: could share about what you worked on? Um, A lot of the transition game. I know a lot of people mentioned how many times I went to the net in Auckland. um, So that was a lot we were working on, especially for me who likes to play doubles. So I was trying to transfer that volleying more into singles, especially with the way I move and hit. Um, And then serving working on serve placement and also the forehand working on that and returns (laughs) Um, To be honest, this is the first I don't pay attention to my prize money, so I had no idea how much I won. It's not something I look um, uh, look for. But um, I mean, I didn't realize the difference. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely a difference. And it's definitely uh, work that needs to be done, um, especially you know at the lower level tournaments, 250s and uh, 500s, 125s, to kind of make that more even out. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly didn't look at my prize money um, at that tournament. I just was trying to get on the flight to Melbourne, but um, yeah, I didn't realize it was that big of a difference. Okay, Matt,
6: hey, Google, Matt Futterman, um, you're, you've been around for a few years now, but you're still only 18. Do you feel like a veteran? Do you feel <laughs> like a kid? Do you feel like a? I mean, what do you what do you feel like when you're when
1: you're walking around these tournaments now? It's kind of weird, like compared to other players. I mean. Obviously, I still have a lot less years than them, but there's some. Like, I was joking about this last night. I did mini golfing with Ben Ben Shelton and Chris Eubanks, and like, this is, you know, his first time out the country. First foot, like, first, um, I think, no, he played main draw at US Open, but first time out the country. Like, and like, I was just saying, like, I'm a vet compared to you, even though he's older than me, because <laughs> I think I've been on tour four years now. Um, so, I don't know how to feel. Like, I still, Feel I definitely feel like more experienced and like I belong like I don't feel like the new kid So but I don't think I feel like quite a bet, but I, I don't feel like the new quit kid I feel like I'm in the middle of the pack um, Yeah, I can just see Courtney behind <laughs> yeah, Hey Coco um, in terms of this tournament itself. What is the challenge of the Australian open to you? What what? Yeah, what has been the struggle in the past to kind of sometimes bring out your best tennis and what do you hope is, is different this year? I think just it being the first slam of the year, you know, you everybody wants to get off to a good start. Um, So I think that's the first part is just getting over the over the nerves. Um, But I think the main thing is just accepting um, the circumstances. Um, You never know how you're going to feel in these first couple matches. Um, And especially um, just the way you know, the weather is like today is super hot, but the days we've been practicing has not been hot. So you just you don't know what you're going to get. And I think you just have to accept it. and, yeah, really, I'm just hoping to see myself on the court and being present in the moment and not looking too far in the future. And I think I've done a good job with that this week and, or last week in Auckland, and I'm hoping to do that here, just enjoying the, enjoying the present and not looking too far in the past or too far in the future.
4: So that there is Coco Goff. She spoke a bit about winning the title here in Auckland and jokingly talking about how it felt more of an indoor tournament, which, let's be completely honest, it was because of that week, it rained like crazy here in Auckland uh, where SCNZ is based. Is not too far from the tennis arena. So we we were giving pretty accurate weather reports throughout the ASB Classic. But look, Coco Gough is one of the favourites heading into the Australian Open. She's paying $10 at the TAB. And the other woman many people are very curious to know how she goes and we were planning on playing some audio but we won't have enough time unfortunately is uh, Emma Raducanu so Emma was here for the ASB Classic she rolled her ankle in her second game but she is saying that she's ready to play in Melbourne so she was in the middle of her game I think she just lost the second set and withdrew from that but she is now 75th in the world and look she reckons she is able to compete at the Aussie Open and the 2021 US Open champion will be hoping to deliver after a very challenging 2022. As I say stay tuned here on SCNZ because coming out very very shortly is live coverage of the Big Bash Cricket. Looking forward to bringing new coverage from that. We've got two games on our schedule for today. Coming up very shortly at 3.30. Hobart Hurricanes against the Sydney Thunder. And then at 9 o'clock, Sydney Sixers against the Perth Scorchers. And I will be on air tomorrow on extra time from 7 till 9.00. Taking you through to there. So, we will do another music theme. Now, you've got a couple of minutes. Text me through some music theme ideas. A couple have come through so far. So, had 80s number ones come through, which is a very interesting one. So, I could easily do some 80s number ones uh, tomorrow. There have been some great songs. I think, I'm trying to think, never going to give you up. I think Rick Astley was in the Uptown Girl. I think there's a couple that just spring to mind, number ones from the 80s. And the other one which has come through, which is very interesting, is New Zealand number ones. So a couple of great categories there. So we might dish one of those out tomorrow. We will see. But as I say, any other categories you want, let me know on the text machine, double eight double three about what music themes you'd love to hear on the station because we want to cater for the audience as well. I try to come up with some lists, but if there are any pressing things, they can literally be a similar title thing in the in the in the song name so for example you know we've done numbers and names and that you could have things that have like run in it or someone texted earlier about having life in the title it could be grunge music it could be bruce springsteen classes whatever you want just let me know on the text machine double eight double three but as i say i'll be back tomorrow from seven till nine we'll try to talk some baseball Auckland Tour Tara about to play a very important clash against Geelong, Korea to try and keep their playoff hopes alive. And boy, it's going to be tough because next week, Brisbane Bandits are in town. So we'll try to catch up with their commentator, Sam who you would have heard on the show multiple times before. And unfortunately, it's not back tomorrow. I would love for it to be back tomorrow, but you're going to have to wait one more week for At The Yockey to return here on SCNZ. It is back on January 23rd at 8 p.m. But I feel like there's been quite a bit going on in the world of darts, so I'm going to see if Ben Robb is available. We'll have a bit of a chat because I've got a couple of very interesting topics I would like to discuss with him and just a couple of things I've seen circulating in and around the, the darting verse and as well, we'll Probably, we probably, probably should discuss Michael Smith winning the World Champs and then less than two weeks later going and winning the Bahrain Darts Masters. He's in that much of good form. He's, they always said when he wins one, he's going to be unbeatable, and that's exactly how he's playing. Uh, if you do like the NFL as well, we've got NFL on at the moment as well. I think you can actually probably go potentially go on the app and listen to that. I know we do have some NFL sometimes available to listen to Yeah, You can go on the SENZ app and head on SEN Fanatic, and you can hear that out Los Angeles. Uh, Chargers up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That one is just over halfway through the second quarter and the Chargers are steamrolling. They are charging to victory. No pun intended there. But uh, that is all for us here on Sunday Afternoons on SNZ. As I say, I'll be back tomorrow. Let me know some music themes you want to hear. I really want to hear some of your suggestions for some themes we can jam out here on the station. It's a lot of fun and seeing everyone's reactions to to what everyone else has to say but coming up after the break Big Bash Cricket here on SENZ Sydney Thunder have won the toss and will bat first against the the uh, I was going to say the Perth Scorchers but that's coming up later the Hobart Hurricanes that is all here on Sunday Afternoons we will be back tomorrow I believe the Dream Team are back on breakfast tomorrow as well so looking forward to lots of the regulars being back here But that is all we've got time for on your Sunday afternoons. Catch you tomorrow.